I see you. But you don't see me. What you want? You want that beef? You can't handle that beef. Maybe you can. What do you think, Fat Mac? Do they need the beef? I don't know. I've handled your beef quite a few times. It's doable. You're really, really good at handling the beef. It's almost startling. Hey, I've had years of practice beef handling. <laughs> I used to. Uh, I used oh, to work shit. for a butcher. A lot of people Episode don't know 25. that. It's 20- the quarter of a centrisode. Quarter of a centrisode. I love it. I love it. That should have been the uh, title up or the show episode title. Blah la 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 la. Pay no attention to the white man. <laughs> Quarter of a century. So you folks have stuck with us for 25 episodes. And when you consider that not only is this a two-hour show, but our first few episodes, maybe even our first ten perhaps, were three-hour episodes. Holy shit. Y'all have spent a ton of time with the old pasty white and the old fat Mac. Putting up with our bullshit. Yeah. Putting up with our bullshit. Putting up with your bullshit. They love me. They just put up with your bullshit. Unfortunately, for the 25th episode, it wouldn't be a beef stick celebration without numerous technical issues. And we already have them before the show even started. We've, we've spent an hour and a it's half wonderful. trying to get where we are right now. We spent an hour and a half restarting things, resetting things up, unplugging things. And we're still not any better. A couple of seconds ago, you sounded like, remember in the Pinocchio cartoon when they go under the water or in the whale and they're talking underwater, you can hear them, but it sounds all bubbly? That's what you were sounding like. Oh, I, I was underwater for a second, Loke. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what that okay. was. That's what that was. Yeah, not only that, on top of the technical difficulties, both Pasty White and myself are uh, re- trying to recover from some pretty rough illnesses. Suffering, suffering from internal technical difficulties. Yeah, internal technical mm. difficulties, and for quite a while. And uh, I'm actually I'm doing the best I've done probably in four days today, but I'm still still feeling rough and... Um, and I, I have to uh, apologize in advance because I may be stepping away for a little bit here and there, and it'll probably be abruptly when I do, and I apologize for that, but it's, it's better than the opposite. So be thankful of that. Shit in your pants? Yeah, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. Yeah. I'm going to be coughing all over this microphone all night. Thankfully, my girlfriend loves me, and she gave me some throat lozenges, so maybe not so much. But we'll see. We'll see. Then when then when it's over, you mm. can give her something for her throat also. <coughs> oh, yeah. I'm supposed to oh, give yeah. you something for your throat when we're done. <laughs> yeah. She's smiling and blushing. So I guess um, right I don't know what you decided to do on your end, but uh, I'm just going to get it out of the way because there's nothing spectacular or special, which I apologize to all the damn beer companies out there. For our 25th uh, anniversary that I'm not doing anything spectacular right. or nothing. But for this episode, I am drinking uh, Sam's Choice Twist Up Lemon Lime Soda. Is, is uh, what I'm going to be consuming. Nice! It's, it's a crisp, bubbly, refreshing 
settle your stomach drink that is not as good as Sprite, but better than 7-Up. What about you, Pasty? We have Sprite in the house. We have Sprite in the house, house, but I'm drinking a good old-fashioned Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. My favorite. My favorite. Used to be Dr. Pepper, and then I worked at Casey's for two years, and I got so sick of Dr. Pepper. I never thought it would happen. And then I became a Coke addict, and me and Coke have been together ever since. Hey, 10 million, 10 million worldwide can't be wrong, can they? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know what the sales of Coke is, but I know it's the biggest one. So after know. we're done with the show, after we're done with the show, Coke with some baking soda. There you go, cut it. Cut that shit. May, 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 there you may, go. May, cola like this. May, 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 make cola like this. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Mm. I um, I apologize. I hope I hope we're I hope we keep it up. I hope we keep ourselves like up, like going, like on. I want to be uh-huh. on for you tonight, folks. I feel like shit. I'm I'm dripping sweat, even though my my central air is on. I'm just dripping sweat and shivering, and um, we're gonna we're gonna do our best. We're gonna give you a show. Um, you know what? This this beef sticks. We have not, we haven't missed an episode. We lost an episode. I will say that we lost an episode. Yeah, but uh, but we haven't yeah, we missed did. an episode. So and we're not. We we're gotta not blame that on our fantastic producer for the week. Yep, yep. It's totally Matt Gerke's <laughs> fault. Give them their address so they can send him rotten eggs. It is seven forty two Evergreen Terrace, Springfield. There you go. So, now that we've uh, bitched enough about our own lives, um, and you know what, y'all out there probably are having worse shit going on than us. Hey, you know what, fuck that, because the, the, the exact same time I was sick, um, and I was just getting into the worst of it, uh, the same day my fucking refrigerator went out on me and my water heater, while I'm sitting here sick, shitting in the damn toilet, seven times in a day not being able to eat my damn water heater and can't take a shower no and i do that when i'm when i'm sick i take like just long hot showers multiple times oh yeah just, to me it, it just especially it just when you're shitting out. so much you run out of toilet paper i just then shit in the tub to. i just shit in the tub didn't we already go over this one time i feel like hey <laughs> yeah it's it's a 20 anniversary memory in the tub eating steaks Yep, this there is a, you go. This is a callback to one of our episodes, folks. If you've stuck with us for twenty five episodes, you remember the time we do Yeah, that was a good time with no, us. No, we Trav. have memories. Oh who we were. Yeah, we're gonna Fuck we're gonna yeah. try to sprinkle a few show back memories. Show again. We're gonna try to keep it in there. Let y'all, you know, a few callbacks. I drink a lot during the show, so I don't have a ton of memories, but we're going to try to throw in a bunch of memories for you folks, the ones that pay attention. Right. It would be great. It would have, you know, if we would have discussed the fact that we were going to do show memories, I might have actually went back and listened to some of the old footage. But since we do the show, I don't see a point in listening to it, plus I don't like getting fake listens. You know what I mean? Right. Well, if, if you listen to it under, the, uh, under our um, login, it doesn't count. Okay, well that's good to know. Because I like to check and see how I like to check and see how our audio went, and sometimes try to um, 
Because, like, the next day I'll be like, fuck, I remember something that was hilarious, but what was it? And I'll go back and try to find it. Skip around. Skip around, baby. Yeah. Oh, so we do it. So, um, speaking of strategy, I do just have to say, I spoke to the man today. I love And we started tossing around the fact of potentially, um, consolidating shows and saying goodbye to Stoned Out Sundays, and I'll just bring them on to get local MN, because I could use a co-host anyway. I can't come up with all the questions myself on the spot like that. I, You know what? I think that would be great. It's been it's been a while since we've had a Stoned Out Sundays nonetheless, ain't it? So you might as well, I mean, at least yeah, have... Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, have one... It's better to have one real quality program than to have two that are suffering, I think. Right, right. And maybe as time And goes, we had guests, we had rapper guests on Stoned Out Sundays anyway, yep. so like, it was already kind of the same thing. Yeah, and maybe as time goes, y'all can bring it back if you have more time in your life, if, if shit gets do- doing something different, you know, I mean, you can always bring it back, you can always revive it. Right, right. Mm. I, I, you know what, I Girl think that would be alright. I don't have a problem with that. Um, it's an idea. We're throwing around a lot of ideas right now. There's a lot of stuff that's still up in the air, and it's ears. They're grinding them, grinding them till they. Bur- I don't blame you, my friend. Just got a puzzle, and we'll make it through, and we'll be better off for it. Holy shit! How have we done this? Twenty-five weeks, man. 25 weeks in a row. Uh, through dedication, my friend. Through dedication. It's really easy when we have backers such as yourself. Especially the ones who make it a point to comment in the live streams every week. Yeah, we appreciate all of you. The, the many, many of you. <laughs> it's so good. We feel the love. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's a hell of a week. I don't even know where to go. I'm like sunk inside myself. Have a hard time breathing. Still smoking, cause fuck you. <laughs> hey, I guess, man. Uh, That's on you. <laughs> that is. On I can't you. help it. Being sick stresses me to the max. So then I need a cigarette, and it doesn't help. But God damn it. <laughs> I hate it. I can hear it. I can hear it. I can almost feel it. It's lovely. It's a lot better than it was. I had to call in sick to work on Tuesday because I coughed so hard I blacked out. I still think that it's uh, it's kind of ironic that between the two of us we got like the top and the bottom covered for just being sick as shit. Right? <laughs> Your top half is done, my lower half is We've done. We've been saying that for a while. We are one collective unit. We are. Beef sticks tonight is just wiped the fuck out, folks. <laughs> well, we're we're going to get you through You can't it even for see Fat Mac this. We're going to I look like shit. Well, you that's, can. That's, you that's can a see lie. him in a tub. I actually um 
I always look good. I look really, really good tonight, to be honest. But y'all can't see that. I'm sweating. I'm glistening. And then it was also brought to my attention, oof, that next week will be our half-year anniversary. So we'll have to do something big for you guys next week, too. Half-aversary. Half-aversary! So, Loke, I I wouldn't say we got a ton of stuff to talk about, but we got a bit of news. We've got a... a, a Yeah, we should probably get trucking. A top 25 that we want to do. We've got, um, we want to talk about, we want to talk about Raw and SmackDown. Um, so, so yeah. I at least want to talk about SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. I want to touch on the Mae Young Classic. Just touch on it. I'll touch on a few of them, actually, but that's all right. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's tell them what, what did we do for our top 25? I I mean, I thought it was, you, you came up with a great idea. Yeah, I know. I'm so good at this, especially when it comes to lists. I'm like, yes, I want to do a fucking list. We're going to do a list so hard. Oh, yeah, that list. Dude, you do. So we're going to do. You do lists the way that Charlie Sheen does lines, man. I tell you what. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Oh, man. Our list is the top 25 Chris Jericho wrestling moves. No. Yes. Top number 25. one, <laughs> Number two. God, I love that. Sorry, I'll shut up. The top. <laughs> it's okay. We're doing the top 25 Attitude Era wrestlers. WWE only, folks. We decided to keep it to a topic that was easy and simple enough for the both of us. I won't get lost in the fray. I should have at least a little bit to say about everybody on the list. And you know, That's it's, good. it still ended up being a That's daunting good. task. I thought it was going to be hard to come up with 25. And then when I made my original list, I ended up having close to 40 on there. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I feel like we as Beef Sticks should do, like, worst lists. I think we'd I, have a lot I more fun with I love doing worst. I love doing worst. But, you know, the, the thing with the Attitude Era is it was so influential I think other than the heydays of the 80s, that was probably the most influential time in wrestling, especially if you're mm. around our ages. I mean, we're both 25, nice young strapping lads. Right. And, um, you know, if you were around our ages growing up, this was <laughs> this was a pivotal point in your, in your viewing pleasure, in your life. I don't know how many, how many hundreds of dollars got dropped into pay-per-views alone. A ridiculous amount. Right, yeah, oh yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, sold out arenas. Like, you didn't have to hide the camera side. Nowadays, it's just sad. Yeah, how about uh, Ron so, SmackDown? So bad they fucking... moved the audio trucks into the arena. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting a little off topic, but man, while I still have the numbers in my head, I believe it was uh, only 7,000 people for Raw. And only 4,000 paying um, seats in attendance for SmackDown. The raw number, I didn't get the paying. So if it's 7,000 total, you know it's less than that paying. Because they always give some away and there's always guests and this and that and that and this. Um, Yeah, SmackDown with even having... They gave away 3,000 seats? No, 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 I didn't say that. 
I said, Ra. I thought you had, said 7,000 people in attendance. Ra and only 4,000. Ra had oh, okay. 7,000 in attendance. SmackDown only had um, 4,000 paid. I don't know the number for Raw that was paid. So that means it's even less than 7,000 paid tickets. Right. I apologize if my audio is getting whack on y'all. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's kind of rough, but we'll see it through. We'll steer this ship through the storm. I got your back, homie. Yeah, man, the Attitude Era, I mean, nowadays, it's really easy for me to look back and say, oh my god, so overrated. <laughs> oh, yeah. But holy shit. But you know, and we're it, not saying... It, it is, like, the golden age. Not the golden age, but the <laughs> golden age. Maybe the platinum age. For, for household named superstars. Because everybody you know, on this list, almost everybody, could be at the top of the list. That's that's the Attitude Era. Yeah, and we're not saying these are the best wrestlers of the Attitude Era. It's more like who is the most influential. You know, who were who were who are who do you associate with Attitude Era? When you think Attitude Era, what names are in your mind? What matches are in your mind? What gimmicks are in your mind? And, uh, and, you know, we were talking about this beforehand. I give, I personally give so much credit to Vince Russo because he was one everywhere he's went, whether it's WWE, WWF, I should say, WCW, um, TNA, everywhere he's went, he makes sure all the wrestlers are important and have a story. Um, you know, you look at, you look at wrestling now, especially in WWE, there's a lot of characters, and they're getting better at it recently, but there's still a lot of characters that just go out there just to wrestle. Or they kind of have a story, but they don't right. really delve into it or do nothing about it. Vince really tried to get into the characters and give them a well-thought-out story. Russo. Vince Russo, I should say. And that's why, I think, why all mm. of these names. That's why it was hard for us to cut it down to 25. Yep. Mental cut it down. We had to get rid of a lot of names that I felt like added a lot of depth to the list. But that's not what it's about. It's about the top 25 Attitude Era wrestlers. And that's where we're at. 25 of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Of any age, really. Um, a, a good chunk of them, yes. A good chunk of them you can look back now and are going to be in your top 25 wrestlers of all time. Um, a good chunk. Not the whole thing. Um, definitely not the, the whole thing. I'm not... Hey, that's know, what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> no, a good chunk. <laughs> You're he hearing me really late, I'm pretty sure. I, I probably am. Quiet for seven seconds before you responded with probably am. God, that's a rough delay. We haven't had that bad of a delay. I don't know, man. I think it just knows this is a big show no, for us. No, this is terrible. I think it knows it's a big show because this is not good. Vince knows. 
Oh, this is this is very rough. And we both reset our internets. We've reset our computers. We don't have anything excess running. We don't have Fat Max video to make the show run more smoothly. Boy. Yeah. It's I, a good uh, thing we got another celebration next week. Maybe we maybe we record that one ahead of time. <laughs> right. Oh fuck. Fuck. Um so, um, without further ado, let's start the list, Loke. We'll go from 25 up to uh, 1. All right. Now, I'm going to say that uh, my list has not updated since uh, the final five. So why don't you start off with the final five, and I'll just throw some input in. <laughs> All right. At number 25, the greatest member of the Holly Family! Crash Holly! Crash. My favorite. That's why he's there. I said, fuck Bob Holly. <laughs> um, you know, Crash? Crash came along later and, and uh, d- definitely didn't last as long, but I would say <laughs> he made a bigger impact, especially oh, yeah. during the uh, hardcore title days. He was like the the only one who had a, a character, so to say. I mean, Bob Holly was just Bob Holly, the pissed off dude, the hardcore champion. And albeit he was great, Crash was the one who had the fun. Yeah, Molly got uh she got a lot of character later on after that during the ruthless aggression era, or maybe a little before. But yeah. when she had her uh, superhero um, run with the uh, Hurricane, I don't remember what her superhero name was. But... Yep. But, um... Oh! We can puzzle that one out. Crash Holly. I think Crash Holly... I think a Holly deserves to be on the list for sure. And you can easily make the the argument that Crash was more influential than the rest of them. Who else Yeah. Got? No, Crash was... He was great. Oh, uh, hang on. Hang on, you keep talking about Crash. He was a a sparky little fucker, and you talk about sparky little fucker. Remember Bob Holly um, started out as Sparky Plug, the race car driver. And and you want to talk about people starting out, Molly Holly, she actually started out as uh, Miss Madness in WCW. She would accompany Macho Man to the ring with uh, Medusa... It was Medusa, Miss Madness. Was it just them two, or did he have um, Gorgeous George at the time? Oh, God. I don't even really remember. Yeah. So she she actually started out in That's WCW with, uh, with Macho Man. Uh, Crash Holly, I don't know. You know, he's the only one I really don't know where he came from and where he went, to be honest. You don't really hear a lot yeah. about Crash Holly on the indies or doing anything. I don't know what he ended up doing. And he's definitely not training at at, at uh, headquarters or anything. He's no, not that I know of. Is Bob Bob Holly still has a lot to do backstage, as far as I have heard. Uh he might. Maybe I'm wrong. He I think, might. I think if I'm wrong, it's because Bob Holly has his own wrestling school. That sounds yes. a little bit more like it. I don't yes. know. I'm really good at spouting off bullshit. Hey, if people believe um, it, it's a fact. The ladder. And I'm picking my nose here on the camera because my sinuses are all backed up. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. 
Or are we moving on past Crash Holly? Or are we By the way, 15 minutes on Crash the Holly? hurricane was in the in the team, the superheroes, with a female superstar known as Rosie. Rosie? Was that Molly Holly's name? That doesn't sound yeah, right at that's all. that's what I'm getting. God, that uh-huh. doesn't sound right at all. What the, where the fuck did she get Rosie from? Weird. I don't... I believe you. Shortly after Rosie... Wait, am I wrong? I don't know. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe she didn't have a Stacey Keebler gimmick. was super Stacy. Stacy Keebler was the. I don't know, because I don't think Rosie was. Man, his tag team partner was Jamal originally, and, and Rosie was his shit, his superhero in training. That could have been her. I think no, I stumbled it was mighty, down the wrong path. Mighty Molly. Mighty Molly was who Molly Holly was. There you go. I'm mighty stupid. Molly. Yeah, that's definitely right. There you go. That that sounds better than Rosie. Mighty Molly. When I think of Rosie, I think of Rosie yeah. and Jamal, three minute warning. Who um God, which one of them went out? Yeah, I guess the... after Jamal was fired from WWE, um Rosie went on to be Hurricane superhero in training. Oh, it was that Rosie, huh? And then didn't he go on to be um, Umaga? Yep. Or, am I, or am I making that up? Who did he go on to be? Did Umaga. he? Was he Umaga? I think it was. I don't know. God, we're going way off I, I think I closed this. the fucking... I'm looking it's really it good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Umaga. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. Okay. We're going to say cool. it was. Early life, WWE. Well, it's good to mention Molly Holly and Umaga because they did not make the list. <laughs> right? We're spending more time on fucking Umaga and Molly Holly than Crash. Oh. What's what's next on our list? What In spot twenty four. Gold dust. Man, I wish I could have let him be higher on the list. See, I but agree. I, I agree. He very, seems like he should very be Very influential on the list. for the Attitude Era. He was like the like cornerstone of what the Attitude Era was built around, really, if you think about it. Yeah. He was that weird, perverse thing that you didn't know what it was, but you kind of liked it. He, uh, he twisted many a young a child's white. mind. Yeah. And you know, he... Um, I believe the first homoerotic wrestler. I believe. Well, he, he was... He, he wasn't, broke grounds with... He wasn't homosexual. He was never homosexual. He was... Uh, no. At, at least uh, ambiguous. Androgynous. Androgynous, ambiguous... Um, but not homosexual, and even had a wife, Terry Runnels, who was one of the most right. beautiful women there at the time. I didn't say homosexual. I said homoerotic. That's isn't different. Anyone, isn't anyone homoerotic if a gay guy likes him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I suppose. I just I love the fact that he. Oh, was, that makes me feel really bad again. Because we put gold dust on. But no veto. 
Vito. You remember Vito? I ain't done from no, the I'm FBI. Not... Oh, I remember Vito. He was. Uh... He was in. I don't remember him in WWF. I know he Full was in Italians, and then he snapped and he started wearing a dress. Did he started he... wearing a dress and using it as his gimmick. That had to he'd been... kick everybody's ass because he'd distract them by flashing them. That had to I think that must have been ruthless aggression. Later, yeah, later in the Attitude Era or whatnot, because, um, because he was in ECW till the end, and I believe he went to WCW after ECW. So maybe he uh, came over after WCW went under. That's that's possible. But uh, yeah, I, I remember the full-blooded Italians from ECW, not really from w, uh, WWF. You, you got one on me. Good for you, PSC. Yeah, and I never watched ECW back in the day. Yep. Yeah. I love Vito. He was a great character. Everybody hated him, just like uh, Chuck and Billy. That was a great gimmick, and I loved it. I loved it. It was good until but that's the very, a different list for a different time. Yeah, it was good till the very end where they where they came out and said that it was all fake and just yeah yeah no that was the ending was really the ending of it. Yeah, um, the, one thing about Goldust I love is he took this um, he took this gimmick that was really used to to push him out or to piss him off or to humiliate him. You know, Vince right. did this because right. it was Dusty's Vince did boy. Because he hated his father. Yeah, yeah, and and he ended up owning it. To the point, to the point where later in the Attitude Era, uh, probably the height of Gold Dust. Um, oh, this was before they changed him to the artist formerly known as Gold Dust, I believe. So this was actually, yeah, in the middle of the Attitude Era. He uh, he went to Vince and he told Vince that if Vince gave him, God, what was it, fifty thousand dollars, he would get breast implants. And he was trying to pitch that to Vince. <laughs> and Vince is the one that shut it down, if you can believe that. At least by all accounts of the story. That's funny. It's like, could you imagine? I'm gl- I am bet you he's glad that Vince shot it down. That would have been some shit. <laughs> right. Holy fuck, that would have been some shit. That would have been something else. Although, I, Gold Dust kind of has his own tits now. Well, yeah, but we all do, don't we? Getting up there in age. Right. Not as fantastic as But we all can't be that well endowed. That's true. Up next, at number 23, the queen of the McMahon family, Stephanie McMahon, who back then was just a little princess. I was going to say, isn't she the princess of the McMahon family? Isn't Linda still the queen? Well, she's... I don't think Linda's the queen. They didn't even bring her up. When Kevin Owens was roasting Shane McMahon, he didn't even say anything about his mother. That's true. Not a word. So to me, Linda McMahon's out of the picture, but it's because of politics. And because the last time they tried to associate her with wrestling and politics, it blew up in their faces. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad, actually. I was watching a YouTube video where they said that was Vince McMahon's biggest money dump in history was putting into her campaign. Uh, it's got to be up there. I don't know if the XFL was bigger. I don't know. No, nah, XFL was like down at four or five. He had some wow. much bigger blunders than that. Wow. I am surprised. Watch well, maybe them that's... YouTubes. 
Maybe yeah. that's because um, I like falling down rabbit. That could have been because uh, him and uh, NBC went in on it together, so that's possible. NBC did bite a, a chunk of that. I wish I wish it wouldn't have failed so hard because I watched the entire thing. I did. You know, I don't know if it would have still been around today, but it definitely did good no. ratings. It didn't do Monday Night Football ratings, but for the NBC time slot, it did really good ratings. Right. And the matches But in actually, order to get those ratings, you would have had to give it some time anyway. Yeah. And you can't just give it a year. Nobody's going to care the first three years even, really. Maybe see, I, by the third year. I think the problem they have there is that, you know, when Monday Night Football started, it was at the top of the ratings all the time. But when Monday Night Football started, it was also the 70s, and there was a lot less to choose from. Right. And there was no other competitor. But yeah, and the matches were good towards the end of the season, you know? The the matches were good towards the end of the season. It was just, the, the beginning was rough. They had some really bad starts. Their first, uh, their first. They did matchup. things for me that the NFL never could have did in my younger years, and that was actually build up individual uh, stars as a character. Well, and I at, was actually able to follow individual people rather than teams, even. And that was different for me than NFL because today I still don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look at how much they influenced the NFL because they did things that the NFL is doing now and that the NFL arguably wouldn't be as big without doing. Um, Interviews in the locker rooms and down um, at the stands never happened. The XFL was the first ones to do in the locker room interviews. That uh, Skycam that they have um, in every NFL game Yeah, that was totally XFL. That was XFL. They They did that. And like you said, giving them personalities and traits and spending time on the, the individual, the XFL did that. And, and the NFL does a lot of that today. I don't think the NFL would be as big now if the XFL, well, that's arguable, but they definitely, they definitely took a lot of inspiration from the XFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was our tip of the hat to Stephanie McMahon, folks. There you go, Stephanie. Uh, the one thing I do want to say about her, I mean, she helped get Triple H over big time. She helped get Kurt Angle over big time. Um, and she helped get her dad over big time between the uh, Ministry of Darkness and Triple H drugging her and marrying her and, you know, her and Triple H and Kurt Angle, Love Triangle. All of those things, I think, were poignant parts of the uh, Attitude Era. We had a debate oh, yeah. over over her. Well, I guess this is a spoiler. We had a debate over her or Shane. And uh, I fought to have Stephanie. Um, Shane's big. Well, I don't even know if Shane's bigger in the long run. Stephanie, I suppose, was still bigger in the long run, too. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We can shout out Shane here because every other wrestler has had their honorable mention paired with them. So that right. works. And Shane has had much better matches than Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, Stephanie's never really had any good matches. She may have won at WrestleMania. But she did really Ronda good Rousey. at getting kidnapped by The Undertaker. Yeah. I hope not. 
Probably. It's either her or Charlotte. I would really, I would love to see her in Charlotte. I mean, Rousey, not, not, um, mm-hmm. not Stephanie. I'd love to see Rousey, Charlotte, but there's a good chance it's Rousey, Stephanie. It's such a stupid matchup. Stephanie has no chance of winning. She wants that payday. None. So then Triple H should not be allowed to wrestle at WrestleMania this year. Personal, personal opinion. They're already bringing in enough for throwing the fucking thing. Put McMahon in there. Vince, let Vince have a match. Fuck the rest of them. Yes, Vince versus Kevin Owens. Book it. Let this whole power struggle thing continue all the way through WrestleMania. Do it. Oh, please do it. That'd be so great. Kevin just kills Shane McMahon in the Hell in a Cell. Takes over the company, and it's a real power struggle. I would love that. Let's do that. That sounds delightful. That sounds better than any WrestleMania plan we've had so far. It sounds all right. I get I get skeptical of having McMahon's on TV every week, but if if you could hold off Vince McMahon being on TV a lot, I think it would be a great match. That's for sure. Right. Well, in the moment and in the seriousness of time, number twenty-two, the Acolyte Protection Agency. APA, Farouk, and Bradshaw. What was their slogan? Brothers. Cashing checks and breaking necks? Yes, indeed. Yeah. I I love having them on the list. I think they're both, um, you know, Farouk, you could argue, um, even on his own, would be on the list. Uh, He was was the founder of the... The NOA, the Nation of or NOD, Nation of Domination, and then he also had a big rivalry with the no, Rock. No NOA, afterwards. Nation of Domination. <laughs> um. Yep. But um. But yep. I, Bradshaw, on the other hand, he would have to be in the ruthless aggression era. Uh, he he wasn't a big time player in uh, before he was in the APA, but he was part of the. Uh, the uh, the new Blackjacks. It was Blackjack Wyndham with Barry Wyndham and Blackjack Bradshaw, which was JBL. It was a horrible gimmick, by the way. Horrible nice. gimmick. Horrible. Unlike the ECW gimmick of the Black New Jacks. <laughs> yeah, the Black New Jack is uh, something else. These the guys... Black New Jacks. It's plural. <laughs> What you what you're forgetting to to see here is Paul Heyman had a brilliant idea to clone New Jack, <laughs> and they formed a stable, and that is what killed ECW, quite that, literally. That would do it. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but you know who can forget the vignettes of these guys just drinking in a bar, or they'd be backstage playing poker, smoking cigars. And just some random mid-carter would come up and, and ask protection from him. Always a heel. Always a heel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, I love the APA. The APA was brilliant. They were a great gimmick. They didn't even have to wrestle most of the time. Just no. seeing them backstage doing their shit. That was great. And, and 
Oh my God! Back in South Minneapolis with my grandma, we used to roll around and and gr- uh, grudge sale. Hit a bunch of garage sales all weekend. It was dope. But like eight blocks away from her house, there's an animal projection agency or something like that sign. And so every time we drove past the APA sign, I always chuckled to myself a little bit. And I think that is also what helped to cement them as one of my favorite teams, just because there was an actual sign. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. That's hilarious. There was also a... Uh, it was good times. I don't remember what it was, but there was something at the old company I used to work in that you also worked in that was APA, and I'd always get a chuckle out of it. I can't remember what it is at this time now. Though. Right. Um, and you know... When I, when <laughs> no, I were, remember that. When you were talking there, I even remembered... Um, you know, after after Farouk was out of the Nation of Domination and, and Bradshaw was no longer blackjacking, but before they were the APA, mm-hmm. they had a big part in the Attitude Era as the Acolytes, which were part of um, Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness. Yes. Acolytes, um, Viscera, and Midian. It's probably part of the reason why all those guys are still so tight, you know? JBL and Undertaker especially. Yeah. Yeah, those two are very close. And Midian. Um, they were friends with him before he got into that. Midian, if some of y'all don't know, yep. was actually, um, he was part of the Godwins. If you don't, They were like a hillbilly gym type team. There was Henry O. Godwin which was H-O-G, Hog, and there was Phineas I. Godwin, which was P-I-G, Pig, and uh, Phineas Godwin actually was Midian. There you go. Yep. The Godwin was a horrible gimmick. People who didn't quite make the list. (laughs) (laughs) I know, we're getting them all in here anyways, aren't we? (laughs) It's good, right, right. We get Well, we get the the list maker, and then we get the equal honorable mention. I think that's... That's fair. And they all made such a big impact. They all worked with each other to make an impact. Right. It's brilliant. I'm also making notes of our honorable mentions, so we can always call back to it at a later time. What do we got next? We got to move this along. Holy shit. Yes, we do. I'm good at this. I'm so good at this. (laughs) Number 21. China. I'd rather be in China. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I'll pass. I wouldn't, but that's that was her catchphrase. <laughs> Nobody ever said that about her ever. Just well, except well, for X Pac, X Pac, <laughs> and Triple H. Don't forget, Triple H was banging her from the get go. That's so. How? Why? Remember, How? he um, he, he cheated Why? on her with Stephanie McMahon. He was still fucking China when he started seeing right. Stephanie McMahon. Did he, was he lit, uh, legit married to China at any point? Because that's what no. I grew up with the impression as. No. And older were people dating. were telling me this. No, okay. they were dating. And then X-Pac and her hooked up really shortly after uh, after uh, him and him and her broke up. It's it would weird. be so funny to watch X-Pac, like, just, like, Chihuahua banging her. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the thing that, and it isn't funny, because it isn't funny. I'm going to put that out there right now before we get so much shit from people. It's not funny, the act, okay? The thing happening is not funny. But it's so, 
it's so odd or awkward or something for you to imagine in your head that X-Pac used to beat the shit out of her. Like, literally, he's got, he got arrested a bunch of times for domestic abuse for beating the shit out of her. How? That, I mean, that, that shows the power of men psychologically defeating a woman. Right. He definitely had to have some kind of psychological hold over her, because there's no way in hell fight if she was putting up any kind of fight. No, not in a shoot fight. No way. No way. Um, you could argue that DX wouldn't have taken off as, as huge as it did without China. It's arguable. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give her that. I'll, I'll definitely give her that. And you got to give Triple China H... China was definitely a pivotal point of XRDN. Yeah, and you got to give Triple H credit for noticing her mm-hmm. and, and wanting to do that because they, they wanted to give him a male bodyguard and he's like, fuck that, give me a female body, bodyguard, I'll look more like a bitch. And that's great. That was great on his end to notice that. Right. He wanted to be the heel. He wanted to be hated. Yeah, yeah. Hide behind that's the woman. That's what made people love him. Because he wasn't cutting it as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. No. Or Tara Rising. There you go. Or, um, what was he? Uh, Jean Levesque. He was in WCW. Not Paul Levesque, but Jean Levesque. Or Jacques, Jacques Levesque? There you go. He was something. Anyways. Yeah. China, um, she, she probably will she get was in. something. She will get into the WWE at Hall of Fame at some point, I think. But obviously, um, just the the bridges that she burnt, and just the fact that her porns are still out there today, which is a, a she poor didn't get argument. into the Hall of Fame recently. No, but considering how many people are in there that also have various sexual things out there, um, come on, right, right. I mean, Ric Flair's in there twice. Right, right. And we've all seen him naked. More times than we want. And we probably will again. Yeah. More I'm times still than alive, we want. motherfuckers! <laughs> uh. Lovely. So we, I so love it. We, we love it. We broke the uh, top you 20. Top 21, right? We're at number 20. Pimps and hoes. The Who Train. Bring it on down to Funky Town with the Godfather. This was every preteen and mid-teens favorite wrestler back then. It was so good. It was so good. I look back on it now and roll my eyes. Because that's just... Pimps aren't cool anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When when you really know what I mean, a they pimp are, is... But it's not the same. No. Right. But he, he was a master of the catchphrases. Yeah. You know, roll a fatty oh, yeah. for this pimp daddy. Come aboard the whole train. Pimping ain't easy. He, he was a master of the catchphrases. Yeah, dude. And he was just, it was great fucking character. It was great. And it got the women out there. And I mean, that's what 90% of the Attitude Era was all about. 
You know, you say that now, and I might argue that the Godfather wouldn't be as over if it wasn't for Jerry Lawler's commentary. Puppies! Yeah, yeah. Puppies and kitties! <laughs> I love the era Jerry Lawler, and he should have been on this list. Oh. He was so good, and he's not good anymore. He's Nobody's mediocre. Also- he had free reign back then, <laughs> and now he's got Vince in his ear 24-7 right. also. And that can't be easy being as old as he is. No. Um, I, I don't want to point this out. Personally, me, myself, I am a bigger fan of Papa Shango, which was uh, his character before The Godfather, than I am of The Godfather. And I was super hurt when he went into the Hall of Fame, that they didn't even mention it. They just called him the Godfather. I was very hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Because Papa Shango was a pretty big character. Not as big as the Godfather, by no means. But well, who was... knows, maybe, maybe Papa Shango will make it in at one point in time on his own. <laughs> sure. It could happen. I mean, the Bushwhackers were just inducted a few years ago. Well, yeah, but but the Sheep Herders aren't going to get inducted in a few years now. That's like saying Scott Hall. They might. Well, Scott Hall might get inducted, but only as a member of the NWO. They inducted Razor Ramon, not Scott Hall. But he he doesn't count, I guess. I could have come up with a better example, couldn't I have? I apologize. It's all good. Man, we got a time crunch. We got about an hour let's hit to give let's you hit the rest of this list and all the news for the week. Let's hit so em. let's get it on with number 19. Kane. The big red machine. He tried to be a mayor. He failed. Move on to the next one. Yes, indeed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the devil's favorite demon. Um, You could argue... Attitude Era Undertaker wouldn't be as big without Kane. Or God as big without Kane. No, probably not. Yeah. They, they've they always been, Kane's always been the yang to Undertaker's yin. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They, they make a great team. They make better rivals. Great stories between the two of them. Kane is definitely a pivotal. Not that grit. That darkness, and let's face it, he would have never gotten very far as Isaac D. Yankum. No, no. <laughs> um, I still, I still wish that Undertaker's final match would be against Kane. We know that's not going to happen, but I think that would be an awesome send off. It would be really good. I think Kane's last match should be against Undertaker, though. Personally, personally. That's not going to happen. But I honestly, I don't think Kane's going to be back. I think he's going to win this election, all because of pasty white support on the Beef Sticks podcast. He could. I hope he does. I hope he does. But I hope to see him back also at some point. I want him to, to put a finale to his career. Right. Who do we got after Kane? 
After Kane comes number 18. Oh, you didn't know? Yo ass better call somebody! The New Age Outlaws, motherfucker. The D-O-double-G road dog Jesse James, the badass Billy Gunn. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say my favorite DX was uh, Triple H, X-Pac, and the NOA. Yep, very much, very much. That was them at their rowdiest. That was them at their peak. The New Age Outlaws, man, great character players. Great character players. They didn't have to be the top guys, you know, in the ring. They they made more than made up with it, with their just their presence and and their road dogs prowess on the mic. It was yeah a thing of beauty and a thing that's kind of been lost to the ages. You know, Enzo Amore tried to bring it back, and we're all like, quit saying the same shit over again, you bastard. Well, I'm glad that Jesse he doesn't James... have that that factor. I'm glad Jesse James is down at um, NXT Developmental, and he helps with promos. He helps with in-ring work also, but he helps with promos, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. He also um, helps backstage at WWE Raw. He does. I um, The biggest thing that sticks out for me with the New Age Outlaws was their battle with uh, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie when Terry Funk came in for a short while and they had that street fight or anything goes fight or whatever. That was good. I don't recall that at all. I don't recall Mankind's partner ever being, or Cactus Jack's partner ever being Chainsaw Charlie. You don't remember him. It was it was Terry Funk. He had a chainsaw. Um, they ended up throwing the New Age Outlaws in, or did, I want to say, yeah, I think that they threw the New Age Outlaws in a dumpster and threw them over the, the ramp. Somebody th- got thrown in the dumpster and over the ramp. I want to say it was the New Age Outlaws. That's my. That's what I think of always when I think of the New Age Outlaws. That's my biggest thing. It was at wrestle. That was at a WrestleMania, Loke. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I never never saw it. Fifteen, maybe. Fourteen. Maybe huh. WrestleMania fourteen. It's a good match. Go and maybe look it, it up on the network. Maybe it was just before I came in. How far into the Attitude Era would you say that was? Um. You know what? That might have been before DX. Maybe? Maybe not? Maybe that was before the Attitude Era. Oh, no. No, no, because no, they weren't teaming before then. <laughs> not really. They were teaming a short right, while. Right, right. I guess, you know what? I guess we should say, and this is a little late now, um, our criteria for Attitude Era, we're going by WWE's definition of Attitude Era which is the time between November yes. 9th, 1997, which was uh, Survivor Series 97 and where the Montreal Screwjob happened. So that was the beginning of it. Through May 6th, 2002, which is the day that WWE lost the legal rights to the WWF acronym and then changed their slogan to get the F out from Attitude. You could argue that yes. it ended later than that, which would have been when John Cena actually christened the ruthless aggression phrase. But that was on June 27th, 2002, so that's like a month away. So either way, it's it's really, you know, it's right in that time period that you'd say right. the, the Attitude Era died. 
Um, I might be thinking. I might be thinking shortly yeah. before the Attitude Era, but it couldn't have been much before. I don't know. Did well, no. And honestly, there's a good piece of me that really liked the Ruthless Aggression Era. I know you didn't watch much of it, I didn't but I, I enjoyed it. it. I have gone back and watched certain matches and enjoyed those matches. Man, people like Sean Stasiak and Heidenreich. Oh, just characters. They were the most ridiculous characters, but they were wonderful. Stasiak started in a WCW. Back when Zach as, Gowan was around. As the Natural Born Thrillers with uh, Jim Drake, um, O'Hare, Above Average Mike Sanders. Um, that was also with, oh. uh, I think, Big Vito. I think that was with Big Vito also because they had Big Vito. And then they had Reno, which was another uh, Italian. He was Big Vito's rival from back in the day. Yes. Yeah. Um, New Age Outlaws, rock on. What do we got? Number 17. The one who ran away with my heart and gave me the boners. Tori Wilson. The wife of George Clooney. She was one of my favorites. I don't know. Um, you, everybody said Lita Stacey, and Stacey Trish. Keebler. And I'm like, nah. Stacy was with George with was with George Clooney. Oh, okay. Tor- <laughs> well, Tori Wilson was married to somebody famous, I remember, but I don't remember who exactly. Mr. Mr. Wilson from the And Madison, I don't want to look comics. it up. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So she was married to him the entire time she was wrestling? She she was, she was. <laughs> Mr. Wilson! No. <laughs> Tori was uh, definitely a poster on a lot of people's ceilings. A lot oh. of young boys' ceilings. She's married to Billy Kidman. Fun uh, fact. Yeah, they were, are they married? They were together God, back in their uh, WCW no. time. Through 2008, through 2008. Well, that's still pretty long, because they were together during WCW, which would have been 96, 97. God, that's long. Yeah. They were married from 2003 to 2008. Just to be fair, I wouldn't put it um, Billy Kidman on George Clooney's level, though, Loke. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I guess maybe I have my news wrong. It happens. Plus this head cold. The brain doesn't decide to work so well. And so I'll say things. But I like to chew on my toes anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, she was really good. She was uh, great in the ring. She was beautiful. She was a classy lady. And A-Rod's not quite George Clooney, but oh, yeah? he's way bigger than uh, Billy Kidman. A-Rod of the New York yeah, Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on up yeah, to she the was, east side. She was in the top of the um, the, the quote-unquote hottest women. She was always in every bra and panties match, in every mud, you know mud match, jello match. Um, not the best in-ring competitor. But I, I kind of lump her and Stacy Keebler together, and I could see where you mixed them up. They don't look alike at all, but they were very yeah. similar characters. They were the same, like, I don't know. They didn't look like your average women's wrestler. They looked more like models brought in, but they were still good at what they did. They, they were, were models They were beautiful. They were powerful. <laughs> it was really good. 
It was really good. And and Tori Wilson's one of my favorites and always will be. You always got to have least one in the era. spank bank. What do we got next? Oh. Okay. Bubba, get the tables. Number 16 is the Deadly Boys. <coughs> Holy shit, this voice is killing me. <coughs> mm. Man, Team 3D, Devon, Bubba Ray, cornerstone of the tag team division, man. When it comes to the tag team division, there's three teams that held it down and still stand head and shoulders above people today in their competitive level. And we'll get to those other two tag teams later. That's fun. Um, The Dudleys definitely, um, they, they brought something different. Now, what they brought different, they stole from Public Enemy, but that's okay because they did it better than Public Enemy. Just because Public Enemy was doing it doesn't mean that Public Enemy mastered it. And they didn't. They did not. They were... They they were extreme. They, they, they started the whole hardcore extreme sort of... You know, they're in the first... They're in the first tag team ladder match. And they're in the first um, TLC match. Mm-hmm. Which is on many yeah, people's yeah, list of top WrestleMania to matches of all time. The, the... Yeah, definitely helped to change the face of wrestling as we knew it forever. They made the tag team division exciting, and that was, it's its proven. It's really hard to do. It is, and back then, this, this couldn't happen on WWE TV now, but back in WWF days when they were there, their biggest thing was they were putting women through tables nonstop. They were 3Ding them, they were oh, yeah. power bombing them. Uh, Tori Wilson went through a table. Stacy Keebler went through a table. Linda McMahon went through a table. They were fucking it up. Yeah, they were. Everybody's going through tables. Much better than the tame Dudley boys we got this last time around. Yes. I mean, they weren't much. bad. They definitely weren't bad, but you can definitely tell they were more distinctive, defined, refined gentlemen. Definitely. And you could argue... That up until this point, um, the the tag division was kind of overlooked. Uh, not kind of overlooked, definitely right. overlooked. It was an afterthought. No, uh, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Dudley boys were the revival of the Attitude Area era. The group, the revival. Yeah, Dash and Dawson. They because they were they were aggressive. They were come out, beat your ass. They they were pretty much on the same level as the revival is today. I thought you meant like the Attitude Era was dying and they brought it back. I thought you meant okay. I got you. The team. No, 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 no. Gotcha. There you go. That makes a lot yes. more sense. Yes, sir. Yes. I, I, I can see that. Number 15. He Sorry. may have killed his family. 
but he was still one of our favorites. The Crippler Crossface himself, Chris Benoit. The, the, come on, the Canadian and Crippler damn what a good himself. Wrestler he was. Not the Crippler Crossface himself. <laughs> That's his hold. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, um, you, you can't overlook what he did, and I don't want anybody to overlook what he did. But no. he was huge. Right. Uh, which kind of makes Chris Benoit the Michael Jackson of the wrestling world, if you if you really think about it. Michael Jackson had never, ever been proven to do anything illegal. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not put well, Chris Benoit and Michael Jackson Benoit... anywhere. Let's, let's say even if Michael Jackson <laughs> did what they accused him of, he is not as bad as Benoit. Okay, fine. <laughs> but he's you? he's the uh something i think many people might argue with you molesting children killing your family i think killing your family is not that's just me yeah i don't know i, I mean you, you can, if you kill your family you can't scar them for life you it know what I mean? On, but I, he's They're never just, even been accused. It. Yeah, but he's never been accused of even raping children. At most, it was like sleeping with them in bed and cuddling them, right? Like oh, maybe inappropriate, right. but definitely not like fucking. You're gonna grow up and be fucked for the rest of your life and have to go to therapy the rest of your life. Bad. It's like, well, okay, Michael cupped my balls a couple times. It's Michael. Right. I don't know. You're gonna have your. Balls cut by a doctor plenty of times in your life. Damn right. Um. Hey, you ever heard the song Chris Benoit? Awesome song. Yes. Awesome, awesome. The ICP song. song. It actually yeah. gets brought up in the cult of kayfabe. I'd say once every three months. Oh really? Yeah, awesome yeah. song. <laughs> I mean, it's just a beautiful ballad of a descent into madness. The song is not praising Chris Benoit at all, and it's not even about Chris Benoit No, either. not at all. It's about just no. a descent into madness. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I'm not into new ICP so much, but I loved it. And they have a music video for it, so if you don't want to listen to ICP, but you're okay with the YouTubes, Check it out. Tell them Beefstick sent you. They'll throw a bottle of Fago at your fat fucking face. Yes, they will. Um, Chris Benoit came in with the Radicals, which was kind of a big deal because they were four of what could be the best wrestlers in WCW, but that WCW really was kind of holding down. They were all four kind of the Dolph Ziggler of WCW at the time. And right. they left, and you had a, a, this huge talent coming in. They were almost like uh, it was. It was a. It was a much. It was like NWO light, kinda, where this group of yeah. super talented WCW guys defected and went to WWE. And he had what amazing fucking matches. Uh, between Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle, um, to name a few. Oh, yeah. The stuff he did with Eddie is just... Oh, how can you strike him from the records with those matches? 
You I'm know, glad, I'm they glad didn't they even least... need a belt between them to have that electricity. No, no, they didn't. Um, actually, and um, they won. They won the titles on the same day, right? The same uh, pay per view, WrestleMania. Chris yep. Benoit beat was it Triple H, and Eddie Guerrero beat JBL. Am I am I making that up or? No, that sounds right. It was Eddie definitely beat JBL because they had the big ass rivalry back then. Yep. I want to say Benoit beat Triple H. I don't know, but yeah, they both won the title on yeah. the same night yeah. together. Um, <laughs> big feel good moment for two people that um, I know the term is used too often, but deserved it. Definitely workhorses. Um, you know. Oh yeah. I, I never want to take anything away from what he did personally, but when you look at just his career, he's on here. Oh, yeah. He had to be. You guys had to know we were going to put him on here. There was no way we couldn't. Not talking about the Attitude Era. We don't steer away from controversy, motherfuckers. We embrace it. We didn't make him number one. No, no. That's okay. No, we didn't make him God, number one. I, um, Dwayne Gill got number one. Oh, shit. Spoiler. Oh, shit. Spoilers. Should we get on to the Let's next go. one? Let's go on to the next one. All right. Number 14. Val Venus. The man with the big penis. He treats your mom the meanest. And you should scream. The big Valboski himself. Valvinus. I love it. Hello, I ladies. That was choppy, fun. Choppy, choppy, Fun. <laughs> Why is that the big? That's the biggest thing I remember from yes. this time in WWE. Me choppy your pee pee. <laughs> choppy choppy pee pee. That's sad, but that's what it is. <coughs> um, it was the greatest. I put it was him the up greatest. there. Yeah, I put him up there with with um, Godfather as just one of those people that epitomized what the pushing the envelope of the Attitude Era was. Oh yeah. It was great. Great. And and he definitely was like the big Lebowski of the WWE. 100% through and through. Down to the fact he owns his own medicinal marijuana uh, dispensary. Dispensary, yeah. Maybe not medicinal anymore. But he owns a dispensary. It was Captain Chronic. Or what was it? Um, No, that... That's that's what what he went by. Um... What is what is yeah. the store called? The store was called something, and then he changed it to something else. The original name was better than the new name. I don't remember. Ironically, he didn't talk about smoking weed much as his character. Um, no, he didn't. And uh, he wasn't great in the ring, which is why this over-the-top character worked so well for him, I think. He was okay in the ring, but not great. And... Um, you could argue, you could argue him. Well, him and Godfather both, I think, kind of had one-dimensional characters, and I think that's why they both ended up being in the uh, RTC, the Right to Censor group, 
where they became um, basically mm-hmm. PTC, which is the Parent Teacher Council, which was uh, uh, trying to tell WWE they couldn't have you know all the violence and sex and everything and drugs on TV. Um, they yeah, both joined that right group. Right censor. They were a very important point of the Attitude Era too. Or they were. were they the beginning of the ruthless aggression? Um, the, no, they were towards the, they were towards the mid the mid late um, Attitude Era. Ivory oh, yeah, was in yeah, there. You're right. Ivory yeah, Val yep. Venus, Godfather, mm-hmm. um, uh, Stevie Richards. I think he started it, if I remember right. And Stevie they were. They Richards. were the best heels you could possibly have in the Attitude Era. Because oh, everybody yeah. wanted to see chicks in bikinis. <laughs> and they, and they wouldn't let it see, happen. They wanted to see hardcore matches and blood. And they wanted to see puppies. and. It was Vince's perfect way to pull the rope. Like, you guys are going a little too far. And it worked so well. Yeah, it was, and and it was, you know, there wasn't a lot you could do with the Godfather and Val Venus. They were pretty one-dimensional characters. So this was a, a perfect way to keep their characters fresh. Now, after this, they both kind of fell right. apart. They, they weren't able to do anything else with their characters. But, I mean, I give them credit for trying something. And it worked at the time. By the way, Valvenus's dispensary under the name Captain Cannabis is Health for Life Dispensaries, which is pretty lame. Yeah, it used to be something else, unless it just used to be called Captain Cannabis, maybe. Um, maybe that's what I'm thinking. I haven't been able to find that one, so I'm, I'm giving up on that one, but I did get it. the current. Um... And it's in Phoenix, Arizona, so yes, it is a medicinal dispensary. So let's move on from the Vic, Big Valboski. I think this one's going to get us a lot of uh, feedback from some people, where this person <laughs> is on the list. But yeah, I, this I'm placement? okay with it. I'm very okay with it. It's, uh, there you yeah, go. I'm definitely fine with it. Number 13. It's time... To play the game with Triple H. That's right. Hunter Hearst Helmsley himself. Number 13 on our list. You know, in theorem, he is the top of the bottom half. So he's still number one in his own right. And that's kind of what he always was his whole career. That is exactly (laughs) what he was his whole career, which is why I think he's here. He's always just been second fiddle. Or at least he's always right. he's always needed help. He's never been a solo star. Yeah, he's always needed help. He's always cheated. And when he wasn't good enough to keep competing, he fell into the, the corporate side of things. Completely selling out his entire character throughout the Attitude Era. Right. But no, Triple H definitely, definitely deserves to be on here. And I kind of wish he could be higher in the list. But he doesn't need it. He doesn't. He doesn't need it. He he damn near owns WWE, so, you know, fuck it. Right. <laughs> but, no, he, he was pivotal in creating D-Generation X, one half of the startup of that, or one, one third, you could say. Yeah. Um, with um, with Rick Rude being the, the Shawn third. Shawn Michaels in China. Oh, Rick Rude. Rick Rude. I almost, I always forget about Rick Rude right, being in DX. Right. I don't know how, but um, I do. Because he was there for a cup of coffee, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but, you 
know, he, but as far as Attitude Era goes, he had some amazing matches with, uh, with Cactus Jack and, and Mankind. And those two kind of built their careers around each other. Once uh, Triple H wasn't with Sean yeah. anymore, Mankind made Triple H and Triple H made Mankind. I think they're parallel to each other. Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. Triple H, I, I mean, he, he did. He With DX, he totally steered Attitude Era in the direction it needed to go to bring down WCW. And yeah. I think you can give him almost single-handed credit for that, or him as DX as an entity. Anyways. And let's, um, let's not forget, if we're talking about Attitude Era and Influential, I guess this would bump him way up the list. And I didn't even think about this till we're talking about it now, but I'm still going to keep him where he is. But um, from from a lot of accounts, not everybody's account, but from a lot of accounts, Triple H is the guy that actually made the suggestion to Shawn Michaels and Vince that they screw Brett over at Summers or at Survivor Series '97. So in a way, Triple H kind of created the Attitude Era right there. Yeah, if if that's true, which I could see it. Yeah, came came from the the. I could see it. I could see it. I could definitely, definitely believe that. And Vince got a hard on over it, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna fuck my daughter." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says that a lot different than he said that uh, to Macho Man. <laughs> oh, right. You're gonna fuck my daughter. <laughs> Damn, fuck, we're busting in the controversy tonight. (laughs) Sick or not, we're doing the controversy. (laughs) Triple H, yeah, um, I mean... We should should always have a producer on side, like, trying to pull us back from these topics. (laughs) And then we can... Right? (laughs) Guys, guys, don't you think this is a little much? (laughs) That'd be great. Some like balding Jewish dude with large glasses, very small and frail, doesn't drink anything except for tonic water. That's what we need. Herschel. His name is Herschel. Right. Heuschel. Just call me. Just call me Heuschel. <laughs> oh man. Damn. Heuschel. Number twelve. Edge. Not even Edge and Christian. Just Edge. And I, I, I suppose we'll throw Christian as the honorable Edge. message mention here. And although I feel like we should, we definitely should, and he, because I, guess... I feel like Edge's main career as as his own entity was ruthless aggression era. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that too. Now that I now that I think about it, when we look at it on paper, E and C is is kind of. They were bigger at this time, yeah. more influential. So, so, number twelve, Edge and Christian. There, that's better. There we go. I'll Fix just, I'll just, shit. I'll thank edit God that there's out. a rewind button on. Yeah, I'll just edit it out and post, buddy. I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> that works for. I mean, it could, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Fuck that. I rewound time live. I did that. 
I did that just now. That's fantastic. So far, you and Had Missy to do Elliott are spectacular for the spectacular. Yeah, you and Missy Elliott are the only two I've ever heard do that. <laughs> oh man. She she put that. Thing I want to do a music video where I superimpose my head on somebody who can dance his face. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. To like a Missy Elliott beat. I've always wanted to rap to her beats. Maybe I'll do a whole mixtape. Uh, do it. A lot. Of, a lot of her beats are uh, JD Duran Debris, and he he can he can he can fucking there he lays go. down some tracks, man. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Atlanta. So she had. Atlanta's I think some of the fresh. Of I love the Atlanta beat. So the honorable mention for the Edge and Christian section is Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. I actually already got that written in on my end at least. <laughs> That's great. That's, That's hilarious great. that we're on the same fucking thing. No, I mean they're, <laughs> they're there with the Dudleys. Um, they were before the Dudleys. Actually, they were they were the first of the um. The three major Rude. tag teams, um, the three major tag teams that we have, well, the three that revolutionized. When you think of the the TLC matches, when you think of who revolutionized them, yeah, they were the first out of the three. They were around the long. Um, because they started, like you said, as the Brood with Gangrel, which I loved Gangrel. He wasn't a great wrestler, but he was a vampire. Hey, he would have been on the list if we would have did the top 50. He would have. Oh yeah, he would have. And um, and you got to give the brood credit for um, oh fuck, I I'm gonna draw a blank on what the term was. They dropped blood on their um, on on their their opponents, but they didn't call it blood. Yeah. They called it um. Uh, was it crimson acidic viscous or something or or something fucking oh, stupid God. like that. Some kind of acidic viscous, something really stupid because they couldn't say blood. With all the other shit they were doing, they couldn't say blood. Uh, But no, I loved the brood, and the brood started the kind of dark thing. Um, Edge and Christian went on. Did Edge and Christian go on to be with Undertaker? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they did. I feel like they, they did, did for a little while. Yes. Yep. Yes, they did. Okay. Uh, but they, yeah, they were a pivotal part of. Again, you talk about the uh, the first uh, um, tag team ladder match, the first um, TLC match. Um, in fact, Edge and Christian won the first tag team ladder match with uh, putting uh, two ladders up like you normally do and then putting another ladder sideways, horizontal, if you will, on top and walking across <laughs> and getting as a scaffolding. Titles. Yeah, yeah, as a scaffold. Yeah, no, Edge and Christian, ah. Uh... I, it was really hard for me to not fight for them to be the top tag team, but they're they're so good. They were a great tag team. The photo ops, you know, everything they did, their entire career was entertaining. I'm not the biggest fan of Christian, but with Edge, you can't beat them. Great characters, great wrestlers. 
wonderful. Yeah, and, and I, I give it was I'll nice give... that they could be the silly guys because it worked for them. Well, and it's funny because they came in as the dark, serious, loathing guys, and their progression into the comical, extremely over the top right. funny guys was was great. I mean, that was just beautiful. They worked with what they had, and they did best. And I, I got to stick up for Christian because I think uh, Christian was actually a really good wrestler in his own right. He was a great NWA champion and TNA. And um, mm-hmm. I think I think WWF just and WWE just kind of, <laughs> I don't know why, but I think they, they just didn't they see. They gave him the whiny bitch character and I didn't yeah. like that. Yeah, we're in, we're in uh, when NWA, TNA... He was Captain Charisma, and he had his peeps. That's where his peeps started, and he was pretty good there. But yeah, um, no, they they were both. I mean, they're, they're they're staples of the Attitude Era. They were there um, not from the beginning, but I'd say they came there at the height, and they lasted obviously throughout into the Ruthless Aggression Era. Oh yeah, and beyond. Oh yeah, and beyond. To infinity and beyond. And they were still prevalent until recently. I mean, I'm so mad that they're not doing more Edge and Christian show that reeks of awesomeness. Because that was, it was great. It was good entertainment. I loved it. I thought it was, it was they even one of the best shows club. they had. They liked it. Oh, yeah. Especially for an enter- entertainment aspect show. Like... Yeah, it was good. It was it, I, I like their great. their version of sketch comedy. I like yep. the way they were able to parody uh, WWE wrestling. It was it was amazing, and I'm I'm really sad if they don't bring it back. They're not. It's canceled officially. Yeah, but it could still come back again. It, it could. could. It, it could. It probably I hope won't. It does. And it's probably because Vince. Vince is probably pissed because they got their own podcast. That's probably what it boils down to. He's right. like, you guys got your own show. You don't need one on my network. I mean, you don't see Stone Cold doing interviews anymore on the WWE network. No, but Xavier Woods still gets to have up, up, down, down. Although now that's on the network, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> WWE kind of t- yep. took control of it. They're like, you can do it, but we yep. own it. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, it's, do you do you watch Adam Ruins Everything? Uh no, but I watched the. I haven't watched it recently because I don't have cable. But I did watch the clip you shared with the New Day in it. Oh, you did see that? Yeah, Cow yeah, that's Boy awesome. Rocks. <laughs> Cow Boy Rocks. I was like, and I didn't know they were on there. I was watching it just because I wanted to, to watch it, and then I was watching it. And it's like, oh shit, the New Day. It's a on great here. show. Oh, I'm glad I turned you on to it. It is a great show. I'm really glad I turned you on. To it. I don't know that you turned me on to it, but it's a great show. <laughs> I did. did I did. When I had, when I was living in Redwood, I had cable. I said, dude, cause we, you were talking about how great, um, impractical jokers was and how right. it's great that you can watch it all the time. And then I told you about Adam ruins everything. I remember it clearly. Well, good for you, you might man. not. I'm, I'm happy I, you did. I don't remember it, but I believe you a hundred percent. I know I, I know I got to it through Impractical Jokers, so that would make sense that you turned me on to it through that conversation. Thank you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
How are you watching it now, might I ask? Or is this a better question for off the show? Might be a better question off the show. Everything I do is legal. Yes. Number 11. Number 11. Latino Heat. Viva la raza, Holmes. It's Eddie Guerrero. God, I love Eddie Guerrero. Lie, cheat, and steal, baby. Oh. Eddie and Chavo, even. Chavo. And definitely wouldn't make this list in any way, shape, or form. No. But no, they Chavo were fun together. My list. Eddie Guerrero's. Eddie Guerrero. Right. Actually, Eddie Guerrero almost was much further up the list than this, too. In, in my book, at least. Um, yeah, it could be argued easily. I, it's just so, yeah, there's just so many to choose from. It's so hard. Um, it's always going to be, it's always going to be sad to me that he died mm. here in Minnesota. Um, yep. You know, that, that, Heartbreaking. that it, it is, it is. And, you know, he's one of the few, you can argue, um, past drug use caught up to him. But he's one of the few that he, he didn't die due to drug overdose at that time. He died due to a heart attack. Um, again, you could argue that drugs led up to that, but it was just, it, it, it was sad. But his talent, and he's one of them, I mean, you look back, you go back as far as ECW, watch him in ECW. Fucking stole the show every right. time he was on there. WCW stole the show every time he was on there. And he wasn't like your uh, Chris Benoit's or your Dean Malenko's. He could talk. He could talk. He had oh, charisma. Yeah. Machismo. Machismo. Mamacita. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and and he gave us probably our best, our best worst general manager ever in Vicky Vicky Guerrero. I I loved oh, her yeah. because. I, cause I hated her so much, but in all the right ways. And I, I love. She was so annoying. Like I found myself literally loathing her. Like, Oh my God. Right. I hated her so bad, but I guess that does make her really, really great. Well, and I, I actually looked forward to, she was, she was a perfect opposite of Teddy long. Right. Yeah, she was. And I looked forward to seeing her. I did, honestly. Um but Eddie, I, never I mean did. you gotta look at Eddie Guerrero. Well, as you mentioned and then I mentioned, if nothing else, he gave a career to Chavo Jr. and to um Vicky Guerrero. So they both got careers from this guy. You know, he helped uh when in the infancy when they were first uh starting back in uh well probably before ECW and everything, but during the ECW days and all of that, he, uh, he was, he, he helped Chris Jericho come up. Him and Chris Jericho worked together and they both came up together. Um, he was one of the tiger masks over in uh, new Japan pro wrestling way back in the day. Holy shit. Tiger mask is, uh, <laughs> is uh, a huge honor is a very well-respected character 
And he was one of the Tiger Masks back then. So that alone is huge. New Japan doesn't just let anybody come you know, and, and throw funny a fucking thing mask me, on. Yeah, the funny thing to me is back in those days, I was looking at Rey Mysterio and hearing the stories of how far he's come. And I was like, holy shit, I can't believe he's been around that long. And I never really contemplated Eddie Guerrero until, yeah. you know, at least 10, 15 years later. Right. Yeah, I actually, back in the 90s, um, when he first got into WCW, and I, I'd watch him in ECW, but when he first got into WCW, I started finding tapes that I would order um, from New Japan because I found out through the dirt sheets, through the magazines, what have you, that he was Tiger Mask, and I found a lot of good matches, and I wish I had some of those old tapes yet. But, of course, it's all on YouTube now. It doesn't matter. But I was watching right, as Tiger right. Mask as a kid. Now, of course, I guess we're getting into a lot of uh, not Attitude Era. Attitude Era, he brought in, like you said, the, the Latino Heat. He brought in the Low Rider. He did the uh, Shake My Boobies thing, even though he didn't have boobies. I never really understood that one. Um... Uh, epic rivalries uh, and, and partnerships, like we talked about him winning the title from JBL, in just an amazing, um, bloody match. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they had the greatest rivalry. I, I swear to God, that was that was magic on both men's parts, and and, and JBL, much like Vicky Guerrero, had my legitimate hate. Every part of me couldn't stand him. But now I look back and he's like an old friend, like one of my favorites. <laughs> but heel, a perfect foil for Eddie Guerrero. And you know, I think that's outside of the Attitude Era also. When I think, because I don't think the JBL beautiful, character was in Beautiful there. rivalry those two had. But, but I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, he, helped, he helped shape this, um, you know, you talk about Bret Hart. And then Shawn Michaels. Well, first you, you go back and you talk about Macho Man. Macho Man started the smaller guy. Then Bret Hart started the smaller guy than that. And then you went down there and all of a sudden these guys were coming in. The Chris Benoit's, the Eddie Guerrero's, and some that we're going to get to yet. And they, you know, carried on that legacy where if we didn't have this era, we might not have the main events that we have now with the AJ Styles right. and with the Bobby Roods and with the Austin Arieses and we we maybe wouldn't. <coughs> yeah, no, and they could they could move like none other back in the times when everybody had to be six foot tall. 250, 275, 300 pounds, you know? Yeah. Eddie Guerrero was definitely one who who will shine. He he will shine as a bright star throughout the ages, and he deserves all the respect in the world. We're not talking about the shine. You know, and I was actually going to take my little brother out to, I was actually going to take my little brother out to the Mall of America to get his autograph, Rey Mysterio's autograph, and John Cena's autograph. The next day, but he the night before is the night he passed away in Minneapolis. So I ended up not going at all because, God, I was heartbroken. Yeah, yeah, we all were. 
And with that, number 10. Hey, we're in the top 10, and it only took us fucking seven hours. I know. <laughs> and we've only got 25 minutes left. All right, let's kick it in. Number 10. Chris Jericho. Break the wolf down! Break down the walls! Um, this guy's entrance... I love that song back in the day. I had that song burnt on so many CDs. Right? It's a good song. Um, it is. It's a fucking great tune. He was. He was that that entrance when he came in and interrupted the rock, and they've been they were selling this. Remember, they were selling this for. God, mm-hmm. I want to say the months. timer had been going on for been a long weeks. time. It might have just been weeks. weeks it felt like weeks. months. It, um, I think I think it actually might have been for better than a month. It could have been probably not been. two months, but better than a month. And he came down and he interrupted The Rock, which um, is career suicide. And I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about going toe-to-toe with him on the mic is career suicide. Right. And Jericho just fucking held his own. That's that's one of those epic um, Attitude yeah. Era moments. That's on an Attitude Era moment DVD or, or highlights, you know? Right. Go watch the collection on the WWE Network. It'll be there for sure, for sure. I, I if it if it isn't, they're fucking up. And without that clock, I highly doubt Chris Jericho's debut would have been so highly anticipated. Because he did come from WCW, where he was just a cruiserweight, and they didn't get the respect or anything they they had deserved. He was a mid carter at that time. I wouldn't call him. I mean, he was a cruiserweight, but he was a mid carter at that point. He was yeah, going for like yeah. the U S title and the, um, and the TV title. Um, he, he actually, he actually went really quickly in WCW. He went from being brand new cruiserweight to being, um, in the U S and TV title. And then when he got, um, Oh my gosh, I'm going to space on his name. Ralphus, Ralphus, head of security. I mean, they, they gave this guy good storylines, but he was never going to be a big time player. Yeah, and that's all he wanted. And remember, he was only the second uh, WCW guy to go over to WWE at that time. The first being the big show or the giant. When yeah, WCW. I can't imagine that would have been very easy. And uh, yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, he could be, he could be nothing. He could be less in WWE, possibly. The Giant going to WWE, the Giant's going to be big wherever he goes because he's big. Right. Chris Jericho going to WWE, fucking who knows? It was a, it was a big crapshoot. Right. And they rolled right, man. They Fuck definitely yeah. did. They got seven and eleven, motherfucker. I don't know how to play craps. I'm sorry. I think seven and eleven are good. I don't know. Yeah, no. None of the casinos in Minnesota do dice. It's kind of depressing. No dice. Yeah, but Charles no Bron- Charles Bronson loves it. Right. <laughs> no dice. 
Uh, Chris Jericho kind of epitomes um, later Attitude Era. This wasn't beginning Attitude Era. This was yeah. this was like the the latter half of Attitude Era that was gonna that was going to form WWE going forward. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel Jericho. I but mean, he was he was a pivotal cornerstone, and he managed to keep himself up and elevated in the upper main event for years first through through the rest of the Attitude Era. Fucking champion. The, Right, through the through the uh, ruthless aggression era, and even today, Chris Jericho, and he's at his finest now than he has ever been. Yeah, if this was a um, if this was a, a an all eras list, Jericho's being higher. Uh, well, I guess there's a lot of other people you take into account. If this was an all eras list, and we're only looking at these twenty five, Jericho's way higher because he's done so much with his yeah. career. He was in, I mean, as I mentioned, he came in halfway through the Attitude Era, so he only had half the time to make an impact. So, But he, but he cracks the top ten for just that reason. He was that fucking great. Um, I, I mean, right, like I said, the first Universal Champion, he beat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the same fucking night. Not a lot of people beat them in the whole Attitude Era. It's Daniel Bryan-ish of him. That's great. It was very Daniel Bryan-ish of him. So, and I mean, they're both called the coach. So they are for different reasons. There yeah, we go. They're very goatish, both of them. Very much so. And I think Chris Jericho honestly was called the goat in the first place because of his damn chin beard. Because he looked like a fucking goat. And then he's sure like, that- oh yeah, I'm the greatest of all time. <laughs> I think it was just because he was a huge fan of goat whore. There you go. Which is actually right up his alley for music. He might be a big goat whore fan. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we have to mention that while we're here, too. Not only has he had an outstanding wrestling career throughout the ages, but he has a rock band that is now being played on national radio. I mean, it's been a long journey for them. They have some pretty damn good songs, and I'm really looking forward to this new album release if it ever comes out. I mean, who doesn't like Judas? Judas is a good fucking song. Judas, I I guess it's just not my music. And not only that, but like when it first came out, his podcast, every episode, he started with Judas for like 10 episodes in a row. Right, the whole song. Yeah, the whole song. And it's really, it's not my music. It's my niece's type of music. It's my sister's type of music. It's not my type of music. I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's got to be great for me to enjoy it. But I mean, and, they have a very, they have a very wide array of sounds, though. They yeah. have like, they had, they have a lot of like 80s style, like her Bon Jovi type music. They have like some emotional ballads, but I think they're best off when they're kind of, you know in their modern rock kind of mode. <clears throat> I don't love them. I don't hate them. I definitely respect them, and I definitely respect Chris Jericho. I, I know, respect He's them. one of the Attitude Era boys who didn't get out and go to movies. He, he, he went to music, and that automatically plays to my heart. Right, right. Oh, I, I respect him. I respect the group. I respect the fact that he does 
a a busy part-time wrestling schedule as well as a busy part-time um music touring schedule. I mean, you got to give the them podcast for that. all at the same time. Yeah, with the podcast and Southpaw. Don't forget Southpaw. Yeah. So, I give it to him. I think it's time to move on. All right. Up next is number 9. Here comes the milk truck. It's Kurt Angle, Jimmy Crackhorn, and I don't care. Uh, I care. I, I care a lot about Jimmy cracking his corn. Because just, <laughs> where I come from, you just don't crack your fucking corn. You cream it. You don't crack it, you cream it. You don't crack it, you cream right. it. But that's just where I come from. People come from different... I love different cream corn. I actually do. So many people don't like creamed corn. It's a texture thing for a lot of people. I think so. I don't get on textures. I just go by taste. <laughs> right. And it, it tastes way better than corn corn. Um, I say the only thing I like better than cream corn is corn on the cob. I like corn on the cob. I like corn in my shit, too. It's always fun to look at the next day. <laughs> Me and my daughter were talking about corny poops recently. <laughs> That's an odd conversation to have. The only person today that gets chanted, you suck, but it really means, we love you. Uh, there's one other person. <laughs> what do you think, Cena? Yeah, I think I think at very least fifty percent of the people that chant Cena sucks does it to chant it, but they enjoy having him there. I think so. Yeah, you're probably right. But but yes, but it's it's such. But not anomaly. Roman Reigns. Maybe I do think that, that the tide's turning for Roman Reigns there too, because people enjoy watching. He well, I, I'd say that. I'd say up until he started this feud with Cena, and I think Cena's just he's 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 looked horrible whoever's idea it was to put him against cena yeah and yeah. have him talk no fucking good don't put him up uh, do not put him up against the guy on a mic ever no don't no don't um, do it kurt angle do you think he begged and pleaded backstage please please don't give me a microphone i bet you he did the opposite i bet he begged and pleaded to go toe-to-toe with cena <laughs> Because he's just got that chip on his shoulder, and that's I'll a good bet. thing. So, Kurt Angle, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go back a little bit. This is during the Attitude Era, but not WWE. Do it. I gotta grab some water. I will be right back. All right, water it up, my friend. And uh, we're gonna go back to ECW. Yes, uh, Kurt Angle first was either approached by or approached Paul Heyman, and this was during ECW. And he had all, but he, he had agreed. He, they hadn't signed anything, but he agreed to work for ECW. He was going to be a wrestler in ECW. That's where he was going to wrestle. Paul Heyman brought him in and had him watch a show and, you know, schmazz him and all that. Paul Heyman knows how to talk, so that was his thing. Bring him in, talk, sell his product. Well, that night... Um, Paul Heyman, uh, folks, to give you some backstory, was pretty uh, lenient and free with his talent. He let them do a lot, especially the bigger-time players. 
So at this time, um, oh gosh, I'm going to space off on who it was that did it. Anyway, Sandman was having a feud. For those of you who don't know Sandman, he was Stone Cold Steve Austin before Stone Cold Steve Austin was. Stone Cold literally took a lot of his gimmick from the Sandman. Uh, but Stone Cold's mm-hmm. a better wrestler than Sandman. I'll say that. Not by a lot, because Stone Cold isn't a technical wizard, but but better. And a better talker yeah. than Sandman. Anyways, uh, why can't I remember who Sandman was feuding with? I want to say Tommy Dreamer, but this wasn't Tom. Raven! Raven! Sandman and Raven were feuding. Yes. And Raven, while Kurt Angle is here watching this show, it happened to be the night that they decided they were going to crucify the Sandman, and they literally put him up on a cross. Now, this was when they were on TV and TNN, and they got so much shit from fans, from advertisers, from the network, and Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle allegedly literally cussed out Paul Heyman and walked out and said he'd never fucking work for that company. So that brought him to WWE, where they've done just as bad, but not the day that he came to visit. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, so, so we almost didn't get Kurt Angle in WWE, because who knows what would have happened if he went to w, or ECW. One would like to think he'd do something there, and then he would have went over to WWE later, but we don't know. His career would have been much shorter, I guarantee you that. It would have. He already took neck trauma in WWE. It would have happened much sooner in ECW, and by well, the time he got to WWE, he wouldn't have had the same You, you don't know, because, because people get this, and, and you just admitted yourself you didn't really watch uh, ECW back then. People get the, uh, the, the the stigma that ECW was like hardcore matches, and it just it just wasn't. It wasn't when always. You watched, when you watched... Um, when you watched Rey Mysterio, when you watched Eddie Guerrero, when you watched Chris Benoit, when you watched a lot of these guys, they did not do hardcore shit at all. They did really good technical wrestling. Uh, Dean Malenko came from there. So many great technical wrestlers came there and didn't do hardcore shit at all. And one could imagine, well, one could imagine Kurt Angle is gung-ho enough that Paul probably would have talked him into some hardcore shit. But I don't think yeah. that would have been his gimmick. I think putting on technical masterpieces would have been his gimmick. But now that I've put over ECW, let's talk about Kurt Angle in uh, WWE. Uh, first what a ever, great character. He is. He is. What, what a hard thing to transfer from amateur wrestling to pro wrestling. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And he did it fluidly. And he was, and he was, I loved his gimmick, his in ring prowess. You know, he was definitely one of the top guys. And he was always shit on by everybody else. He was the Jerry of the Attitude Era. Right? And he so quickly adapted to that um, goofy persona. Which you wouldn't think a you wouldn't think a, an amateur gold medal uh, fucking Olympic winning fucking broken neck fucker would. I know I said right. that in the wrong order, but I said it. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. You can edit that later. You right. can just cut we'll edit it in post. It. <laughs> um, I mean, he he so much embraced the goofiness, and um, I've heard him on podcasts, and I've heard other people talk about it. And and it seems like not only was he all for it, but he was 
he he kind of encouraged it. Like he was like, "Hey, let's let's do you know we could do this something goofy, but let's one up it and do give this me, thing a little more." Give me goofy. a little cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. I'm gonna you're gonna shave they had my head. They got him a really big, nice cowboy hat, and he's like, <laughs> "No, I want the little one." You're gonna shave my head, but then I'm gonna get a, a horrible looking wig, <laughs> and I'm gonna wear it on my head with the fucking ear guards. <clears throat> I mean, he just. He was Wrestling born to be a pro here. wrestler. He, he he was. Yeah. And, and I thank God we had him. And um, you know, I'm I'm honestly right now I'm having a hard time thinking of a lot of Attitude Era moments with him. Um, Taz coming in is one that I think of. Uh, he was he was. My, wait a second. Am I making this up? Was was he undefeated until Taz came in? Yeah. Right? Kurt yeah. Angle was undefeated until Taz came in, and Taz whooped the fuck out of him, which put Taz over hard, which is good because I love Taz, one of my favorite wrestlers. He could have easily been on here, but he didn't make that big of an impact in the Attitude Era. At Honestly, I like Taz better as a commentator than a, than a wrestler. Great commentator. I loved him as a wrestler, but I loved him as a wrestler in ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Angle, obviously his biggest stuff happened later on attitude, after the Attitude Era. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Actually, his biggest stuff arguably happened in uh, TNA. He spent more time in TNA than yeah. he did in WWF, WWE. And had some amazing matches there with the likes of AJ Styles, with the likes of Sting, with the likes of Kevin Nash, with the likes of Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe. Uh, basically a who's who uh, of wrestling. Kurt Angle wrestled in TNA. Uh, your Bobby Roods and whatnot, James Storms. But he was a pivotal point because he gave them legitimacy when everybody else had basically called them a circus. You know, they were no yeah. longer really a wrestling company, and and um, and this gave them legitimacy. They had an Olympic gold medal winning wrestler, fucking phenomenal. And the shit he did with Edge and Christian, and the shit he did with uh, uh, Stone oh, yeah. Cold Steve Austin, um, just just great. And let's talk about his oh. uh, WWE Hall of Fame acceptance speech, shall we? Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> it sums up his whole career. But I will say him and Chris Benoit had great matches together. <laughs> him and Eddie Guerrero had great matches together. Him and Brock Lesnar had great matches together. And those were all in the Attitude Era, or at least very close to the end of it, if nothing else. Yeah. I do find it's funny that though his his uh, WWE Hall of Fame acceptance speech was all of his old comedy um, gimmicks, <laughs> and he hasn't done anything silly since he became Raj General Manager. Right? Ain't that the truth? Like you would expect, like somebody comes to talk to him backstage and he's got his little hat on, and his guitar. But nope. Okay. Um... So I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this out here for you, uh, Pasty. We gotta hurry. We're either we going we're either going two and a half hours or we're really hurrying up because we're already at two hours right now. I know, right? So let's just hit it into twelfth gear. All right, number eight, real turbulent Sable. juice. 
Um, <laughs> hands on the tits, man. When she came out with no bikini right. and just yeah. fucking hand finger paint all over her tits. That is, again, an Attitude Era fucking moment right there. Mm-hmm. She started the slutty part of the Attitude Era. She started the, I'm not talented, but I'm going to show off my TNA. And that was a huge part of the Attitude Era, whether it was a good part or not. It was a huge part. Yes. All right, let's go to, uh, what do you got to say on her? Let's each just oh, say something she- quick about everything. She, she was nice and slutty and not a very good wrestler, and now she's married to Brock Lesnar. So that worked out for her in the end. She, right. she gets some of that paycheck. All right. Number seven, Team Extreme. That's the Hardy Boys and Lita. Um, this is when they were over before they were broken. Holy shit. <clears throat> yes. Um, again, we kind of touched on it with... Uh, with Edge and Christian. Dudley and boys, boys and Edge and Christian. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, they, they're the they, Triforce. They are. They are. They, they revitalized fucking tag team wrestling. And not only in WWE, but probably in pro wrestling at the time. Oh, yeah. Just fucking amazing. And they did it again when they got broken. I mean. Fuck yeah, they did. I mean, they're still revitalizing pro wrestling. They That's know true. how to survive. They definitely know how to survive. And I believe they'll be wrestling long past the Dudley boys. They've already surpassed Edge and Christian. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to make it they'll, quick, they'll but I around. just... I want to say some of the biggest highlights, when you look at a highlight reel from the Attitude Eras, Jeff Hardy it has many, yep. many highlights. I am a bigger oh, yeah. Matt Hardy fan, and I say this from the fucking 90s for all you broken fucking bandwagoners. Hey, me from too. From the 90s, me too. I was a bigger Matt Hardy fan because he was the wrestler. He could wrestle. Yeah, Jeff Hardy does the extreme shit. Matt Hardy put on a good match in the ring. And honestly, the way they were pushed gimmick-wise and, and uh, on the mic and things, which wasn't much, but Matt was always, like, the leader, you know? Matt was a better Jeff talker. was the more talented high flyer, but Matt was always the leader. And uh, Matt Matt's always been my favorite, even, even as uh, Mattitude version one. With his right. little MF for Shannon Moore. Definitely. What's next? Number six. Ah! 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 Shawn Michaels. Jonathan Michaels, folks. I love this man. You don't love this man so much. I don't love him. And I was him. willing to negotiate him further down in the list. But you no. wouldn't let me, surprisingly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, because I respect. I respect what he's done. I did fight for him to stay higher up the list, because he deserves it for the Attitude Era. Definitely. DX, <laughs> he he was kind of the creator of DX. Um, we would yes. not have the Attitude Era as we know it without DX. We might not have WWE if it wasn't for we DX. We wouldn't have had Triple H as we know him. He mentored. He mentored Paul True. into Triple H. I, yeah. I, I definitely think you have to give credit to that to Shawn Michaels. He did. He mentored Paul and uh, and X Pac. You could say. I, I, I'd say all three of them did. Nash. I'd say yeah. Nash, um, Scott, and and Shawn all did. But Shawn was able to keep mentoring uh, Paul while they were there after the other three left. Definitely. 
which yes. that alone also Love again huge influence. <laughs> and again, you got he was the one who did the Montreal screw job. That that shot that created the attitude era. So you got that on there also. You got them coming out mm. in thongs during Christmas. You got them coming out with windshield wipers on when they're talking to Sergeant Slaughter because he's spitting so much. You had the gimmick where they uh, went on the air and they said all the cuss words that they weren't allowed to say. Um, and, and they invaded WCW. How about when they took the tank to WCW? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Legitimately, man. Um, this guy deserves... <laughs> this guy could arguably be higher on the list. But there's other people I think yeah. that just made a bigger impact. But but you could easily argue he deserves to be higher on the list. I the reason I keep him here. <laughs> I do I think don't... it's funny that Dolph Ziggler was the last KFC Colonel, and now Shawn and Michaels Shawn is Michaels. the new KFC Colonel because everybody always compares Dolph Ziggler to Shawn Michaels. It's right? funny to me. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny when he was trying to say Miz stole his gimmick from people, and I don't see it. I don't see him doing the Ric Flair gimmick. And um, I don't remember the other guy he yeah. said. Who else did he say? Anyways, I don't remember him doing their gimmicks, or I don't think of him doing their gimmicks. But I definitely think of Dolph stealing Sean's gimmicks. So, come on, Dolph. Yeah, yeah. Um, The other thing with Sean that I want to say is... um, The reason I, I don't have him higher, and I don't want him any lower... I do think Mrs. Arrogance is kind of akin to Ric Flair, though. I, I, I can see uh, Miz in a Ric Flair light because of the arrogance. Uh, or every but that's wrestling about heel ever, I guess. A Rick Rude, a Kurt, a Kurt Henning. Uh, right, right. Yeah. I mean, you could say that, but the, that's pretty thin. Um, Shawn Michaels, I yeah. don't like how much he held other people back backstage. And we arguably could have had different or even better wrestlers and storylines in the attitude era if it wasn't for sean being a prima donna and just being a whiny bitch and he literally he literally every era has one. Oh yeah hulk hogan was the same way um but sean michaels didn't bring in hulk hogan money we could argue that uh but yeah yeah he he shut down a lot right. of matches people so backstage i don't respect him on the stage i respect him I don't put him as high as some people do, but I do. I definitely respect him. Number five. We'll do it quickly. We'll finish this. Yeah, we'll finish Number this list. Number five. Part A, B, and C. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, and Mankind. And Dude Love. Part D. <laughs> the three faces of four Foley's. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to put Big Foley in there, but go ahead, sure. That was kind of Justin Roiland. <laughs> right? It was very Justin Roiland-esque. The three faces of four Foley's. I like it a lot. Yeah, mankind. Yeah, I mean, he did so much. He didn't achieve everything. He won the championship, but his point was to elevate the people who who really needed it. And and he did a great job at that. And, um, well, again, we, we talked about uh, sh- um, Triple H. I mean, we, he, he basically made Triple H. Between him and Shawn Michaels, they made Triple H. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the biggest reasons that he's at least in the top five, for me, if any of you remember, many moons ago, for, um, how was it? 
13 weeks straight, WCW beat uh, WWE. Uh, maybe 17 weeks straight. Anyways, the first time WWF... 17 sounds right. Yeah, the first time WWF finally beat WCW again was the night that Mick Foley won the world championship for the first time. That was the night that Tony Schiavone gave away the ending of Mick Foley winning the title on WCW programming, and everybody was like, oh, fuck, I'd rather watch Mick Foley, I'd rather watch Mankind, I'd rather watch Cactus Jack than to watch what's on this highest fucking rated show. He literally caused the WWF to pull ahead. He did that. That was him with Tony Schiavone's help. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know what? And the um Yeah, and... man. Go ahead. Who else could pull off three gimmicks, you know? And, and everybody was with it. Three gimmicks at Nobody one time. Nobody else could do that. At one time. Right. Oh, I love that when he's interviewing himself. That's yeah, great. Yeah, uh, for Stone Cold Steve Austin's partner. Stone Cold said he'd never team yep. with uh, Mankind. <laughs> he said he'd never team with Mankind. And then you also have... And then you also have the Rock and Sock connection. I mean, how iconic. And uh, if we're going to talk about the Sock, the creation of Socko, when Vince McMahon's in the hospital. Yep. <laughs> with the, uh, he brings in the, the oh. clown with the balloon animals. Oh, and <laughs> Yeah. Yep, the Rock This Is Your Life segment. Uh, definitely one yes. of the highest rated segments the one that in the was history. So, so horribly tried to be duplicated this past <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah, not, it didn't work. didn't work. But that was one of the highest rated segments in history of WWF to this day. Oh, yeah. And who can forget the Boiler Room Brawl? And I mean, God, the I Quit match. Yeah, the yeah, Rock with and, the Rock. And, and, and Mankind and the I Quit match. Yep. Oh, yeah. The empty pre-recorded match. screams. I loved it. They had an empty yep. arena match that was so hardcore. The Hell in a Cell with Undertaker. That might be the fucking oh, moment yeah. in WWF. Um, it's that, or it's Hogan body oh, yeah. slamming sure. um, um, Andre, or, I mean, there might be one or two other things, but that is one of the moments of WWF right there. That was a shit. For me match. personally, that is my moment. That is the moment, yes. Not many wrestlers end up with a tooth in their nose. Well, he like, fell um... off the top. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I wish, you know, I wish we had more time to talk about him. And maybe later on, maybe one day we'll just take some time and just fucking uh, uh, jack off over McFoley uh, while we're on the air. But let's move on to, to arguably Undertaker's or McFoley's greatest foe and our, uh, arguably <laughs> the greatest foe of the next guy who I didn't just say. Number four, <laughs> The Undertaker. Hey, he, fucking spoiler. He was there before the Attitude Era. He was there after it. <coughs> God. The godfather of WWF, man. Right, yes. The man to, to really steer the ship, even, even backstage. Keep everybody yeah. in line. Keep the peace. Keep the order. He he really took the weight of the WWE and carried it on his back better than anybody else, in my opinion. 
He did. He made this company him. And he would never break kayfabe when the public was around. I mean, that is dedication that you will never see again. And uh, let's let's be honest. That's not true. He wasn't the Undertaker in the picture of him on the plane on the way to SummerSlam. (laughs) Let's be honest. He took one of the, um, I wouldn't say the worst gimmicks, but one of those... Um, like I said, a one-dimensional gimmick. Like I said, Godfather or Val Venus. There's some gimmicks that you can only do so much with, and, and it's just dead. It's not going to go that far. It's not going to last that long. Right. The Undertaker's gimmick is that gimmick. It's not going to go far. It's not going to last long. And we say that fucking no. 20 years later Dude, now. An Undertaker is a cemetery groundskeeper. Yeah. That's not a very badass gimmick initially. But the way he twisted it and turned it and made it exactly what he wanted it to be was just a thing of beauty. And yes, let's let's be honest. At the beginning, he had a lot of help from um, from Paul Bear. He had a lot of help from the WWE machine. If you go back and look at his early matches, he doesn't have any great matches. He did not even ha- start having great matches, I would argue, until well after the Attitude Era. Well after. Oh, yeah. But he had a presence... He had an aura. He he didn't have to have great matches. You don't always have to have great matches. He kidnapped Stephanie McMahon to sacrifice her. Yeah, yeah. You had the Ministry of Darkness. You had the thing when Kane, <coughs> when Kane was first, you know, announced as his brother and shit and, and all of that. Um, you had him hanging the boss man in a cage, which was horrible. Um... <clears throat> But you had so many different gimmicks. Uh, him and him and Stone Cold had a great rivalry at the beginning of the Attitude Era. Great rivalry. Oh yeah. Him and Mankind had great rivalries. I I would argue. People say Kane is his greatest rival, or Shawn Michaels. I would argue Mick Foley was probably his greatest rival, and probably brought out some of the best matches of his while in the the Attitude Era. Yeah, I would argue that his greatest iteration was the American Badass. Yeah, you would argue that, wouldn't you? I would, I would. I I stand alone, and I know I stand alone, (laughs) but I stand by my opinions, because... You're allowed to. Limp Biscuit. Yeah, because they're cool. Motorcycles. That doesn't date you at all. It added, I don't know... The whole, and I've said this before on the show too, but his his fucking feud with DDP when DDP first came over from Dub C Dub, that was the shit. Him tossing Booker T around the store. That was Undertaker, right? That was uh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. But that was cool. That was cool. But I mean, yeah. (laughs) I don't think they put Undertaker in in a fucking supermarket kind of gimmick i don't know but it's kind of no he was he was out to protect his yard which was the (laughs) ring but i i did i really liked the american badass undertaker with the last ride and he did i mean one thing about that american badass and you gotta give him credit he just kept evolving and he kept adding to his move set you know i mean yeah whether you like it or love it or hate it the american badass was different and then he moved on from that and did something yeah. different again. Yeah, he went back to the same old shit. There's been which uh, was only entertaining to for me for about a year. Uh, and then a I was like, different. And I some won't. have 
Some have argued that when the uh, Undertaker comes back, he's coming back as the American badass because he retired his cloak and his gloves and hat. And he's going to come back as that would more, make sense. More of a and, Mark and Calloway character. The yard was his yard. Yeah, the yard was his yard when he was the American badass. That was when the yard came about. Oh my God! I want this for WrestleMania. Roman Reigns and, and the American badass. <coughs> You're the. I bet he doesn't oh, get the shit. Limp Biscuit song. God. Woo. Um, go on to the next one. I got to take a quick pit stop, but I, I don't want to miss out this next one, but you go into the next one. I'll be right back as quick as I can. Number three. He's the chairman of the board. The CEO of the WWE. Wrestling's supreme overlord. Vincent Kennedy. McMahon. That's right, folks. Vince McMahon cracked the top three of our top 25 list of Attitude Era wrestlers. And I mean, who wouldn't put him up there? All you had to do was tune into SmackDown Live this week, and your love for Vince McMahon was rekindled all over again. It was amazing. That he allowed Kevin Owens to headbutt him hard enough to crack him open. And you could see the blood start to seep out. And you knew it wasn't a blood pack. And you knew he didn't blade. And it was straight up legitimate. Vincent Kennedy McMahon has been doing this for decades. And he still has it, folks. I've had my doubts. I've said he's slipping into dementia. I've said he's losing it. But the way he played it out on SmackDown this week. Oh my God, I'm not done with him. He needs to stick around for a while. Vince McMahon in his product. He's great. He's wonderful. An old man taking amazing bumps. Shit. And we haven't even talked about his best stuff. And that's the Attitude Era Vince McMahon. The Montreal Screwjob. It was me, Undertaker. It was me all along. You know, everything he did was Stone Cold Steve Austin. That whole fucking decade of phenomenal, amazing Vince McMahon moments. Oh. I don't even... I can't even put it to words, but wrestling in, as a whole would not be as popular today if it wasn't for Vince McMahon. And that's why he deserved the highest honor as the top three in our list, in my opinion. I do believe the Fat Mac is nearing his return. Oh, yeah, yeah. And boy, I'm, I'm excited for I'm all... I'm here. The good news is my britches are clean. I got a little scared with that sneeze, but uh, the britches are clean. That's funny because I just coughed and had the same thing, but I'm okay. <laughs> I was like... I was like, I'm fucking leaving right now. I either got to change the drawers or empty the fucking tub. But I emptied. Um, now, me and the folks were just talking about Vince McMahon on, on SmackDown this past week. And how, God, if that didn't revitalize your love and, and appreciation and faith in Vince McMahon, nothing will. 
Um, I, I got, I definitely have faith in Vince McMahon as a performer. I still don't know that I have faith in Vince McMahon as a booker. Um, but he does some things right, and it's it's good that he's getting Kevin Owens over. Um, he took one for the team. That that uh, I can't believe he let Owens. Yeah, I can't believe he let Owens legit bust him open with a headbutt. Dude, with that with Shibata, who just fucking ended up literally uh, having his brain fucking spill out into his head. Literally, um, it's it's not a good time to be taking hard way headbutts. And Vince not only took a hard way headbutt, but unless unless I'm totally fucking buying into everything, um, Owens was throwing real potatoes at him, man. Those were not Shane McMahon punches. Oh, I'm sure. Those I, were fucking potatoes. I'm, I'm quite certain Vince told him to give him everything he had. That's why. That's why Owens would only hit him when he got back on his feet. If he was going to throw real punches, he wasn't going to go all out. How scary is that for you as an employee? Right. Your boss is like, kill me. (laughs) Yeah, like you just wonder how much is too far to where I get fired and how much is not enough (laughs) to where he kills this angle. Like I just got to hit that perfect You could could almost see that look on his face. You could almost see that look on Owen's face in the ring. Like, oh. should I keep doing this? Right. No, he did. He it did. Was great. Owens did a beautiful job for being in the middle of the ring with Vince McMahon. Um, he 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 killed it, and Vince did. Vince killed it. <laughs> and who the fuck jumped in the ring and was covering Vince? Who was that bald-headed fucking goateed motherfucker? Was that literally nobody that they just? Sent I'm not to sure the who ring? that was. I'm looking at him and I'm like, I do like how wrestlers who are built to wrestle get into a ring together. The whole backstage comes out, all the wrestlers come out. But when Vince McMahon is getting his ass kicked by Kevin at a time, one person at a time, maybe three referees, and then one person at a time. Like what? And not even like any of the backstage guys that you know are back there, like the fucking. Road Dogs and the um, Dean Malenko's and and all of them, even right. the Daniel Bryan's. Uh, I mean, Ken Shamrock. Right? Yeah, it's like why why aren't these guys uh, why aren't they out there? But yeah, did we talk yeah, about Daniel Bryan didn't come out to like? Yeah. <laughs> and Stephanie came. Although out. I think Daniel Bryan's probably at least a little bit pissed that all these old McMahon's keep getting in the ring and fighting and he can't. Old McMahon. You know what? You know what I mean? Daniel Bryan is probably fuming. (laughs) You mean Vince is going to come back and fight and I have to stand here? Oh, just wait till Kurt Angle fucking gets to get in the ring again. That's really going to tick him off. (laughs) Right, right. And if Stephanie's in in the ring at WrestleMania against Rousey, yeah, all the management has matches except for Daniel Bryan. Right. So did we talk about uh, Attitude Era, uh, Vince, at all? No. Let's hit a couple points. Well, kind of. I kind of talked about the Montreal screw job, and yeah, right the, it was he, me. That created that created it. And then, of course, taking it a step further with him being the Mr. McMahon character in Stone Cold. Um, you could argue, and it, it's a thin argument, but you could argue you could take anybody else out of the Attitude Era, and it possibly could still happen. 
except for Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Thin argument. Yeah. But, but they were the they were the two main cogs. They're the two that if you took any one of those two out, the thing's falling apart. Right. Yeah, and I argued that Vince McMahon is is quite possibly the reason wrestling is as big as it is today worldwide. Uh Vince Vince and Hulk Hogan definitely. It's it's hard to argue which one was more influential. Uh most would have to agree it's probably 50-50. But yeah, Vince McMahon definitely. Without Vince, there is not wrestling the way it is today. Is not. And it's probably not as good as it is today. That may be hard to believe, folks, but bear with me. It's probably not as good as today. And duly noted, folks, there is a McMahon third from the top, and there's a McMahon third from the bottom. We call that a McMahonwich. A McMahonwich! Mimanwich. Um, Vince McMahon not only creating the Attitude Era with the Montreal Screwjob, but then going on to become... Maybe the best villain, best heel, best bad guy in wrestling history. Definitely in your top five. Definitely in your top five. I wouldn't even say top (coughs) ten. Vince McMahon, the character, is definitely in your top five for uh, heels or villains. Now, Vince McMahon, the human, um, probably in your top one or two for for biggest villains in in history. (laughs) You know, you got him up there with fucking Genghis Khan and Hitler, okay? Uh, but <laughs> um, as far as a character, oh, definitely. Speaking of McMahons and things and recently in wrestling, I did note that when I caught the Connor Connor's Cure video clip, they didn't mention the Superman or the Iron Man at all. I guess I didn't notice. Uh, I, I wasn't... Um... I was playing on here actually when I was watching it, um, trying to get our, our my list of top forty fucking wrestlers. So I, I didn't notice that, <laughs> but I somebody must have gave him a phone call. Right, somebody. DC and Marvel are gonna tear apart the WWE. DC and Marvel are going to bring cancer back one kid at a time. <laughs> You're not crushing oh, cancer shit. on our watch. Uh, Number Vince- two. There you go. The Rock. The, the man with the high eyebrow and the new Brahma Bull tattoo. That most people fucking hate. I like to call his eyebrow the highbrow. The highbrow. I I taught myself to do the highbrow because the rock. And it's one of my favorite go-tos nowadays. The funny fact, I can only do the highbrow one way. I can't do it the other way. See, I'm the same way. I can do it one way. And I can do it the other way. I'm trying to give it to the people. If I I struggle and wink a few times, I can finally get it. Uh, (laughs) Mine's my left side. Which one is yours? I can lift the left side brow. Yeah, me too. Left side. Is it left? Is it left? I wonder, huh. I wonder what that's about. I don't know. But I, I, I can almost force it, but I know it doesn't look right. And my whole face is scrunched up. 
and my head's kind of leaning to the side, and so it's not a very effective eyebrow or highbrow whatsoever. But to be fair, The Rock only <laughs> did one eyebrow, so maybe he can only do the one highbrow. I think he can. I think I read that in his book. He's never I do switched remember. it up, you know. Um, the Rock. Yeah. The Rock's catchphrases alone probably brought in uh, such a huge chunk of of money for WWE. They could have literally just had him come out and spit catchphrases phrases and go in the back and they'd make money and oh, yeah. they'd get and they'd get um ratings and they'd sell pay-per-views. The Rock's catchphrases are one of the reasons why Cena versus The Rock two times in a row at WrestleMania was such a great idea. Yeah. You know, you talk about charisma Rock and Hogan. I mean, I don't think there's even an argument. Those two are, are at your top. You can argue between those two, but I don't think there's an argument uh, over anyone else being in that top two. Yeah. Yeah, not not really. Cena's got to be close. Cena's at close third. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd say maybe Jericho. Jericho, you could argue it, but then you can also argue Rock, Hogan, Cena. Jericho never made that money out of his charisma that they brought in. Right. So right. does it count? I mean, yeah, he has the charisma, but definitely. No, that's but, what I thought. I thought even if I put Jericho there, it would be a hard fall off to fourth place. Yeah, yeah. Just because he didn't bring the money in with his charisma. That would be the only yeah. thing. He could probably go toe-to-toe with all four of them. All three of them. There's four total. He could go toe to toe with all especially three especially him now. Yeah, yeah. Easily him now. He could go toe to toe with the three of them, and he'd be better than than Hogan at this point. If we're talking about Hogan now and and Jericho now, Jericho smokes Hogan on the mic. Oh yeah. Jericho smokes Rock on now, the mic. Cena smoked Rock on the mic. <laughs> oh my God! I said he smoked Rock. <laughs> I'm not saying he's a crackhead. Okay. Let me rephrase that. Cena. No, seriously. You go back and you listen to his album. You can hear him freebasing in the background. Cena <laughs> took Rock to the limit, called him out for having notes written down, and then literally did something that almost nobody can do. Had the Rock stumbling through the rest of his fucking promo after that. Um, that's huge. When you can make the Rock stumble on his fucking words... That's huge. So you yeah. gotta put Cena up there, man. I mean, it's just... I guess and I mean, just... give them their fucking props. They both represented uh, Cocoa Pebbles and Fruity Pebbles, respectively. There you go. They did. <laughs> and, and Hogan Team had his Fruity. own brand of cereal. <laughs> um, the Rock. Um, we talked about the Rock and Sock connection. Um, the Nation of Domination, of course, was a... Uh, I, I wouldn't say a big part of the Attitude Era, but it launched. It helped launch the Attitude no. Era to what it was. It was it was yeah. um, controversial at the time. Um, I guess a lot of people don't realize the Nation of Domination didn't start out as a black movement. It was actually prob. It was at least fifty percent white people on there. You had PG thirteen. You had Crush. You had uh, Savio Vega, who was Puerto Rican. And then you had uh, Farouk. D'Lo wasn't there yet. Mark Henry wasn't there yet. Rock wasn't there yet. Uh, who else? Oh, Ahmed Johnson was in there. He's black. 
So you had Farouk and Ahmed Johnson, and then you had three white guys and a Puerto Rican. So the Nation of Domination <laughs> didn't start out as a, as a Black Panther-type group. It did evolve to that once they split them up into factions. Um, Crush left, and he started uh, the DOA, Disciples of Apocalypse. Then Savio Vega left, and he started some Puerto Rican group that never went anywhere. Um, but it didn't start out with that. But that, you know, you have the Nation of Domination, you have right. Rock and Sock, you have Rock and Stone Cold. And everybody always gives The Rock his, high, his just dues for his high points, but at the beginning of his career and as a solo, he was one of the most hated wrestlers you'd ever heard this crowd scream at. Die, Rocky, die. Die, Rocky, die. Yeah, you don't hear that Die, a lot. Rocky, die. <laughs> <laughs> but he did he came out Cena as the, doesn't even get that treatment basically he was the roman reigns of his time he came out as the pushed yes. baby face we're gonna push him he's gonna win he's flamboyant he's good looking he comes from a lineage and you're gonna love him but the difference between roman and rock is they quickly flipped the rock to heel they still haven't done that with reigns yet why right <coughs> Because Vince is, is standing firmly in the point that there are no heels or faces anymore. At least in certain circumstances. But it's not true. I mean, yeah, no, that is true. But Reigns it's is... True. In most circumstances, there is. Most you of can them. definitely tell who's the... There, who's... Is a, there is a gray, though, but... But that's not how they're pushing Roman Reigns. They're pushing him as a face. Stop it. Um, Rock, I mean, just, yeah. The the fact that he's one of the highest grossing actors to this day says something, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and for the that, record, we're going to move right on? Okay. No, for the record, I want to put this out here. I might have mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it again. For the record, folks, The Rock is not related to any of the fucking Samoans out there, including fucking Roman Reigns. He is not a blood relative to any of them. His grandfather, the chief, high priest Peter Maivia, was quote-unquote a blood brother with um, one of the Anoa'i uh, grandfathers. Um, so they were, like, close as brothers, but there is no actual DNA connection. So, no, none of these motherfuckers are related right. to The Rock. They're just saying that because The Rock is the biggest fucking name. Now we can move on. Right. <laughs> Leeching off the fame. All right. <laughs> Moving on to number one. And if you can't guess it, you're not a real wrestling fan. No shit. <laughs> I wish I could punch my window right now so we could hear glass shatter. <laughs> you can. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Crack a beer for this guy. Just kidding. We don't have any. I know, We're right? sick and real lame for our oh special gosh. episode. We're so <laughs> Fuck. We let you all down, listeners. We let you down and we uh, apologize. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, a BMF, a bad motherfucker. DTA, don't trust anyone. Hell yeah. Austin 316. Oh, um, um, fucking 1001, you know. What? Oh, what? Fuck. I, you know what? I purposely what? blocked that out of my fucking mind and you brought it up. 
Uh, yeah. What? You know what? We should really drop him about four pegs just for what? <laughs> God damn it. No. Uh, Give the motherfucker his due. <coughs> he, um, him and Vince McMahon uh, made this as big as it is, and he, he's arguably... I mean, him, it goes, it goes Bruno San Martino. Well, let, let's say it, it goes uh, George Hackenschmidt, Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, dot, dot, dot. Um, the, the eras, the eras. He is, to me, some people like to argue The Rock, but I don't think so. To me, Stone Cold is the, that era. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 rock was great, but he was never you know, he was made for movies. It's just plain and simple. Stone Cold Steve Austin was made for this company. Yeah. Yeah, that that's actually a good point. Rock was was made for Hollywood and not in a bad way. Rock was made for something more than just pro wrestling. Stone Cold has gone on to more than pro right. wrestling. And WWE definitely needed him at the time. Yes. And Stone Cold's gone on to other stuff than pro wrestling, but he is a wrestler at heart. And I think The Rock is an entertainer at heart. That's that's kind of my take on the two. Um, you want to talk about right. rivalries. And, and, and the character Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't even so much of a character as it was just him being himself doing what he wanted to do. It was. And and you and know that's the, what made it so great. This the the old line is, you know, the best wrestling characters are just you turned up to 11, you know. And he was. Um now and as I mentioned before, into <laughs> You know how amps go up to 10 and that's the highest they can go? This one has 11. What? Yeah, when we want to go higher than 10, we turn it to 11. Why couldn't you just make 10 louder? Because it has 11! <laughs> uh, I hope you folks catch that reference. It's a funny movie. Go watch it. Um, um, <laughs> I forgot where... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. And, and as, I, as I said, you know, he, his gimmick was kind of the the Sandman's gimmick before him. And, and I'd be hard pressed to say that he didn't take some of that from the Sandman. He spent time in ECW. He watched ECW. I think he took some of it from the Sandman, but I think he took some of that added himself into it and made it so much more than the Sandman ever could. The Sandman was never going to be what Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, who else Who else got to drink beers in the ring in a professional workplace? The Sandman. Well, I mean, anybody who still called past a beer, too. <laughs> I'm talking in the WWE. Yeah, I mean, um, that was great. I, I was always amazed, not at how well Stone Cold caught them, but how well that motherfucker tossed them to him. This dude... Like, who's probably oh, yeah. a timekeeper or a fucking producer or something. I mean, he chucked them beers exactly where they needed to fucking go. And for anybody who's been drunk, 
throwing beers aren't the easiest thing to do. They're slippery. They're 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 cylindrical. They're not aerodynamic. He dropped a handful they here. They probably and there. shared hotels a lot in practice. <laughs> they might have. You never know. Sitting in the parking lots and shit. Go back. Go back. <laughs> We're doing the hail mary. <laughs> Uh, you That'd know, be you, great. I would love to see the timekeeper throw him one at the entrance ramp. Right? <laughs> um, you got the rivalries. Of course, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon is the biggest. Stone Cold and Rock might be the biggest. Hey, they headlined three WrestleManias together. Has anybody else ever done that? Uh, we'd have to look into it, but I don't think so. I know Hogan never uh, headlined three WrestleManias with anybody. I don't think so. Um, Cena maybe he did the rock twice. <laughs> Cena might've headlined WrestleMania with Orton three times. I don't know that. And I hope not, but that's the only thing I could think of possibly, but you got, um, stone cold, Brett, the Hitman Hart. You got stone cold undertaker. You got stone cold Booker T. You got stone cold Kurt angle. Uh, everybody he had a program with, it was, it was a great fucking program. You had stone cold teaming up with, um, fucking dude love and they won the tag team titles together and again what was one of the greatest segments like you talked about when the three faces of foley came out there at the same time you had the zamboni you had the beer truck you had everything dean ambrose wanted to do but but fails at you had the remember stone cold and kurt angle i mean fuck remember when he had the fucking uh gun to vince mcmahon's head and then the bang fucking flag came out and Vince yes. pissed himself. You couldn't do that on yep. TV nowadays. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> no, no, you couldn't. I'm going to I'm gonna take the time to give our uh, honorable mention, which we've had 75 so far. But this is the official honorable mention. And it's Brian Pillman. Uh, Brian Pillman is an honorable mention, flying Brian Pillman, because he died October 5th, 1997, which was just 35 days before the beginning of the Attitude Era. But his influence is easily felt throughout its entirety. And one of those things was Stone Cold and Brian Pillman. Stone Cold and Brian Pillman had a vicious rivalry, which ended up with um, Brian Pillman going in to Stone Cold Steve Austin's house and holding him at gunpoint with the camera going out and a gunshot being heard. That was fucking as controversial as it ever got, and that was just shortly before the Attitude Era. Brian Pillman was a was was called the loose cannon, and he easily would have fit in here. But um, Stone Cold, I mean, every uh, Stone Cold Undertaker had just amazing matches against each other. I, I think everybody, Stone Cold, Stone Cold uh, Chris Jericho. Right. I guess the only one that he had a really bad match with, which is two legends, and it was super sad, uh, him and Scott Hall, when they redid the NWO, and of course this was uh, uh, past the Attitude Era, but that was a horrible WrestleMania uh, match. It was on the same card that seen The Rock take on Hulk Hogan in one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. Stone yep, Cold yep. And, and, and Scott Hall was just fucking awful. And it's sad because they're two of my favorites. And if we included WCW in this era, Scott Hall would have been on the list. But he's not because it's WWF and he was gone before the Attitude Era. What are your thoughts on SCSA? Oh, I fucking love him, man. That's why he's at the top. 
he is the cornerstone. He is the man every man wants to be, and he's just being himself. It's, uh, he's the best. And he ended up marrying Deborah, who, who, who I think was the right. main inspiration for puppies. Yep. She used yeah. to, she used to fuck Jeff Jarrett, who uh, didn't make our list. He was on it, but got kicked off. For good yep, reason. It was I easy say, to do. I say you look at the list, and definitely, for as far as uh, WWF Attitude Era, uh, yeah, he doesn't need to be on there. Deborah could have been on there. You could argue. We, I mean, it's hard to fit. Uh, you can only put so many women on there, especially since most of them... As huge, as over as they were, they were only over because they were tits and ass. They were nothing else. It wasn't their personality. It wasn't their in-ring work. So you kind of had right. to look at it like, well, what kind of women stood out? And you got Tori Wilson. And give us a break. We put Sable up there. I mean, and Sable, who, you who got started the one. The, I mean, I guess you could say Sonny started the TNA, but Sable made it bigger, I guess. And China was a workhorse. China was the... Uh, the only woman, no, uh, not the only woman, the first woman to be in um, uh, the Royal Rumble. Um, I believe Beth Phoenix was in there, and then was Awesome Kong in there also, the, the fucking three weeks that she was in WWE? I want to say three women have been I don't there. remember. I want to say three women. But she was also a, uh, a two-time Intercontinental Champion, and the only woman to be an Intercontinental Champion. Who she won it from Jeff Jarrett, ironically, also. Yes. But uh, that is our top twenty-five attitude era wrestlers for our twenty. Took us almost three hours to get it, through twenty-five wrestlers. Fuck, holy shit! It we're is so that good long. at this. So um, we're gonna let Pasty go. He's got shit to do in the morning. Um, I'm dying. I, I, I and at I'm, night my fever spikes up. Yeah, I evacuated my bowels already, and I think I can go for another at least half hour or so. So, for the Patreon folks, if you want to listen to me speak, if you want to hear about the uh, news of what's going on, and you just want to hear a little bit more, I will be on here anywhere from one minute to an hour. We'll see how long I last, but I'll keep it going. We'll let Pasty White say goodbye. (laughs) All right, guys. I love you lots. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for sticking with us for 25 episodes. And hopefully you'll stick with us for 25 more. And maybe we'll sign a new contract after that. 100 years Rick and Morty. 100 episodes. www.rickandmortyadventures.com rickandmorty.com 100 episodes. 100 years Morty. 100 days. And it'll always be Rick and Morty forever. (laughs) Make sure you tune in next week. For our half a year anniversary celebration. Dude, That's not... right. The party don't stop. That is true. And you know what? We're not going to do it now. But dude, we didn't even talk about the uh, fucking uh, Rick Lantis adventure. Holy shit. We got to discuss no, that we at didn't. some point. That was so good. God damn. Fuck yeah. Good. Yes. Half we'll anniversary. Have to wait till next week though. Holy shit. Half anniversary late. next week. 25th this week. Pasty. I appreciate you putting up with the uh, everything. Um, we're going to get through this, Loke. We're going to get through this, and we're going to be better than we ever next week. We got through it. We survived. Johnny Five is alive. I love you. I love you, and good night.